Hey, hello, howdy, and welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Real Shit Fantasy Baseball Podcast, a podcast where we focus on deep league fantasy baseball and one particular league, the Real Shit Fantasy Baseball League. It's our favorite league. I don't want to speak for you, but it's definitely my favorite league. And as always, your hosts here, uh, I'll introduce you, you introduce me. Let's mix it up. How about that, buddy? Uh, We have the number one ranked in real shit, manager of the Tampa Bay Rays. We have got the co-host with the most host, Big Jack Deddy, Tyler Jackson. How's it going, Tyler? It's going good, Drew. Um, and let me introduce you real quick. Nope. Uh, I, know you, I know you don't care that much about this league because you don't have a horse in this race, but you are the the uh, the main host. You're not a co-host. You're the main host oh. of this podcast of the real shit uh, baseball podcast. We appreciate everything you do. Thank you. So that's yeah. so sweet. That's so sweet. Well, uh, man, I know we're kind of burying the lead to say it, but it's been a hell of a week in real shit. Yes, there's yes, a ton of stuff going on, and we're going to cover it all. We've got a lot to go over, and. Uh, Man, you know what? I think we should dive right into it with this thing we do. You know, one of these main one of these main segments that we always like to refer to. You talking about top first? You know it's top first, baby. You know it. Top first, and we're going to talk about some transactions roundups. Let's see what we got. Uh, first up, Rockies is going to add Sam Coonrod, one year, one dollar. And he actually beat out Padres one year one dollar uh, fab bid as well. Tyler, real quick, my question to you is uh, kind of off the topic of Coonrod. When you see that a player that you didn't bid on or didn't uh, put a put a waiver claim on, when you see that multiple managers bid, do you ever have like more regret or is it just kind of a ah oh, well I missed out but okay. Uh, for me, um, it really just depends on how many managers tried to get that player. Hmm. If it was just two people, I'm really not that worried about it. But if it was like, you know, four or five, I'm like, oh, shit, what did I miss? <laughs> what like, happened <laughs> Usually this dude got a save or something and I didn't realize it. Right. Um, you know, that's what, that's usually what happens. So, yeah, if it's just two, if it's just two, uh, managers, it's not going to like eat at me all day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's definitely fair. Definitely fair. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about this move specifically now that we dove into that. I, I don't think I've ever asked you that on the cast. Uh, Coonrod is uh, about average build for uh, for a starter, or not a starter, for just a pitcher in the majors. Uh, 28 years old. He's a uh, SIU Saluki, and he pitches for my favorite Phillies. Uh, Coonrod, thus far on the year, Tyler, I don't know if you've uh, stumbled upon his uh, baseball savant page, but lots of red. This man is covered in blood. Uh, average exit velocity, he's in the 89th percentile. That's really stellar. XERA, XWOBA, X batting average, all above the 95th percentile. Really great at uh, keeping keeping the ball, uh, keeping people from the bases. Uh, doesn't walk guys a lot. 
decent with chases. Whiff rate isn't quite what you want, but I think that he's getting it done where it counts. Uh, that 98-mile-per-hour fastball is doing it for him. Mixes in a slider uh, with a changeup as well. Uh, Coonrod for the Phillies has been uh, one of our best relievers this year, and I think it was a, a solid ad for Tommy, uh, particularly – uh, you think that Tommy has the insight because he watches the Phillies. He's a Phillies fan as well. So good yeah. at him. And sorry think, to Dan for the for losing out on that bid. Do you think that Coonrod could get some saves eventually? I don't think it's out of the question, but I think that when everybody's at full health, I think he's at best like the fourth guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Neris, Bradley, uh, Jose, and then uh, I guess Coonrod. And, I mean, that's discounting – other guys like I, I like Brogdon despite the fact that he got toasted after I picked him up and um, I like Jojo as a long-term guy um, so I, I don't know I mean but the thing is is that you need you need multiple guys in a bullpen that can be really good and uh, honestly when we traded for uh, Coonrod I was kind of skeptical uh, but uh, you know because I like Carson Ragsdale the guy we gave for him but Coonrod's been great so far so big big fan of him when you say JoJo, are you talking about Mojo JoJo? Uh, well, I'm at JoJo Romero, but I love oh. I love Mojo JoJo as a nickname. Obviously, that that should go without saying. Yeah, no, but do you know who Mojo JoJo is? The uh, monkey, the evil gorilla from the Powerpuff Girls, right? Yeah, 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 yeah man. Cool. I, I'm, I'm I just just making sure, just making sure. I'm on the level, baby. I'm on the level. <laughs> um. Okay. So up next. Uh, We've got another slew of moves from Marlins. Uh, this is becoming a, a weekly thing. Um, I mean, when you got the money, I guess you can do whatever you want. So Marlins adds Eric Luer, $1, one year. Chichi Gonzalez on a $1, one year deal. Mike Talkman, Nick Maton. Is that how you say it? Or is it Maton? I've said it Maton. Maton. Let me, let me look. Go ahead. I like I like Maton, but okay. Um, and Jonathan Daza on a those are all one dollar one year deals, and then Marlins drops uh, subsequently drops Chichi Gonzalez. Um, yeah. So I guess that was just kind of a one start deal. Dropped Jose Marmaleo, so he picked up last week. Dropped Rio Ruiz and dropped Victor Reyes, who was on a one year six dollar deal. Um, so I just want to highlight real quick, uh, Mike Talkman. I think that was a pretty good ad. Um, he got traded from the Yankees to the Giants and now is looking like he's going to get just about every day at bats, uh, because, um, Yaz is hurt. Mm-hmm. So it's Yaz. It's um, Yaz. <laughs> so it looks like, uh, Talkman is going to play every day for the Giants. And I think so far he's been, um, Playing pretty well, so I, I think that was a good move by Marlins. I, I agree. Uh, moving along, we've got the managerless Phillies adding Alec Bedinger on a one-year, one-dollar deal, dropping the aforementioned Connor Brogdon for him. Uh, Alec Bedinger, uh, as several of the other managers in the league uh, received the text, it read. Alec Bettinger's out here doing some galaxy brain shit on the mound. Uh, And in saying that, I meant that he was giving up runs and striking out no one. 
And, you know, that's just a – that's a whole new strategy of pitching that I'm completely oblivious to, I suppose. I've and never heard of it. No, I mean, it's literally – it must be something completely wild and, like, and just absolutely un- unheard of. Uh, so, yeah, the Phillies did that, and that's just a real bummer for him. Uh, I will say, me, myself, Drew uh, – I don't manage the Phillies, but I did comment. If any of you, uh, Tyler, do you like to follow people's uh, like player pages in the comments on the Yahoo app? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I highly advise anybody on here to go to Alec Bettinger's page and scroll down a little bit because uh, a comment that I made that day that reads, anybody can go out and get eight, nine strikeouts. It takes a real man to get none. Keep it up, baby. Let's just ride this thing till the wheels fall off. Currently sitting at 15 likes. Big fan of that. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I'd love to bump those numbers up. So, uh, inflate that for me, please. Okay. Anyway. Uh, anyway, anyway, anyway. That's all I have to say. I made a negative into a positive. I mean, the Phillies made a negative into a positive there. So, moving on. Uh, Cubbies. Cubaroonies. They added LJ Newsom who is now on a one-year $7 deal. Uh, Newsom, Tyler, if you recall, was a dynamite minor league pitcher for the Mariners two years ago and kind of burst onto the prospect scene because people were like, you know, this guy was, I mean, a thing. It's not like he was completely an unknown and an unknown quantity, but we they never expected him to, like, lead the minors in stri- all levels and strikeouts and, like, be an elite, you know, run preventer and these kinds of things. And at 23 last year, he gets a call up and was, you know, I'd say a little bit more missed than hit. And this year, um, to, to be kind, I would say that's also looking like the trend. And But yet, you know, this is a guy, a right-hander, who's, you know, got – League average, if not a little below velocities, with just a three pitch mix, man. It's classic three fastball change up and a curve. And uh, I don't know. I think that Newsom has upside, but it's um, he's going to need to show some stuff. And I feel like that's something I'd say for several Mariners pitchers. Like, I, I think Justin Dunn's kind of in the same boat. Like, I like both of those guys. But it's just a little – you're a little skeptical. But, again, this league is very, very crazy for pitching, and you got to take these shots where you can. So Yeah, yeah. Can't really blame Rody, I guess, for taking a no. shot, like you said. No, so. no, no. It didn't work out the other day, but no, that's no. all right. It, it might work out in the future. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, next we got Blue Jays dropping Seth Brown, who he picked up last week. Um so, really no news Hardly new you, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything else to add there. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, athletics uh, adds Jose Urena, one year, $2, whose name we will discuss a little bit more in the future, as well as Juris Familia, one year, $1. Uh, again, beat out Padres on a one year, $1 fab bid. I'm pulling up a page right now on Familia to uh, to get just a little bit of brief insight on him, but – I do know the other day he pitched, I believe, for the save. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it looks he came like, in after Diaz got kind of blown up. That was right. Yes, 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 yes. That's that's correct. Cause that on was the Hoskins the home yeah, run. on the Hoskins. Yeah, the fake home run. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like Familia is actually having a really solid year in terms of uh, his baseball spot page. Uh, 
couple of concerning metrics there. I mean, his walks have never been super strong, if I recall right, and has given up some big bangers. But, I mean, otherwise, mm. you know, he, he's, he's limited contact. The ratios are solid. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him catch a few more opportunities in the future. Yeah. But we'll, like I mentioned, we'll get to Urenia in a minute. But go ahead, man. All right. So next we got Padres. He adds Corey Dickerson on a one-year $3 deal and William Contreras of the Braves, not to be confused with Wilson of the Cubs, on a one-year $7 deal. And he drops Luis Compusano. Um, so a little bit of news. Um, <clears throat> these moves from Padres uh, potentially put him over the budget. Mm-hmm. Um, but our sources say that a fix is in the works. And it may or may not result in another trade. So that's, uh, yeah. we'll see I've, about that. I, I don't know if you've heard it or not, but I did get word that it is it is a trade for sure. Okay. And that um, everything... So we'll talk about that, I assume. Uh, maybe if, if deets come in as we're recording, yeah, we'll absolutely we'll just break it on there. That's fine. Cool. Um, cool. But uh, I don't know for sure that they will. Um, both ends of said trade are West Coasters, so I mean, uh, we it's it's highly likely that we could discuss it as we proceed. Yeah, we we started early tonight, so yeah, we might be in bed by the time they text us, though. That is true. Yeah, as of right now, we're at nine fifty six p.m. Yeah. Central. That's very early for us. So I'm, yeah. uh, I'm actually really excited. I feel very uh, energetic in a way. Yeah. Um, well, I did. I would like to highlight real quick Padres picking up William William Contreras. Um, I do think it was a pretty good move, even though it looks like he was attached to a larger contract than he thought. Um, but a good move because Travis Darno the starting catcher for the Braves. He got put on the I.L. Looks like he's going to yeah. be out for a little while. So I think Contreras is probably going to get an extended look. Um, probably going to start most days because I know Alex Jackson is their backup now, and he has not showed very well in the majors so far. So I think Contreras is probably going to get most of the at-bats. So who knows? He might catch lightning in a bottle here. He could. And – uh I mean, even at $7, that's not a bad speculative gamble no. for a kid that's, you know, been well-regarded, and especially a catching prospect at that. So. Exactly, yeah, in a really shallow position. Mm-hmm. Um, so next we've got Mariners. He adds Brad Miller on a one-year, $1 deal. Um, Brad Miller is just a big utility guy. Um, I think he's got three or four positional eligibility, I think. Um, is that right? Yes, Okay. Second, third, um, and, uh, outfield, second, short. I think that's right. Outfield. Yeah. He played a lot of positions for the Cardinals last year, so I know he's probably got some a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just a good, like, bench bat here. You can plug him in on days in a lot of positions where other guys have off and stuff. So, decent ad. I don't – honestly, I don't know how well he's playing this year. Has he, has he been okay so far? Yeah, not bad at all. Um, I mean, uh, more than – suitable fill-in. I mean, I think his initial uh, role was definitely just kind of our, you know, utility infielder, but he's seen time kind of everywhere and has done fine. Okay. Well, good. That's a good good ad by Mariners there. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. he's been I mean, in my peripheral of like, if I need a guy, Miller's one of the ones I'm looking at, so. Gotcha. Um, and then our last ad of the week goes to Giants, who adds Dylan Floro on a one-year, one-dollar deal and drops Jesse Hahn. Um, so Floro, um, 
Did he get traded over the winter? I think he did. I don't even know who he plays for. I'm gonna be honest with you. Is he the, is he with the Marlins? I think he is a Marlins player. Give me just one. I think he got second. traded from the Dodgers. Uh, that rings a bell for sure. Let me look here. Floro was with the Dodgers. Uh, came up with uh, looks like the Rays and Cubs. Then got traded to the Dodgers. Has been in the majors since 2016. Uh, this year is looking fine. Decent K per nine numbers. Um, ERA hasn't been extravagant. Um, looks looks to be doing fine, man. I don't know if maybe this was a guy that he thinks may um, get some save opportunities because I know I don't think anybody's really locked down that role in the Marlins bullpen. It, it's definitely suspect at best. Yeah. yeah. So that uh, that that might be the reason why, um, Giants added him. Maybe just looking to catch some saves here later in the year. Mm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I mean we know Clay has just you know kind of been in a rock and hard place with pitching. Anyway, uh, you yeah. know Floro's a decent decent guy to pick up, and I think that he could turn into a good player for him. Real briefly as well, I did just find the uh, Phillies uh, pronunciation guide for the year, and it is Mayton. Okay, Mayton. So I was wrong. Well, I was too, technically. I could have swore it was Mayton. Not to be confused with Kevin. Yes, very true. Uh, Another guy guy I like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. So Uh, you you touched uh, on this one last one? I will, yeah. Yankees okay. uh, has dropped two guys. He drops Jonathan Scope, one year, one dollar. Uh, just a little inside baseball. Just happened to know this one. Uh, Austin Nola came back and covered the two spots that uh, Scope was brought in to kind of fill in at while uh, Nola was hurt. And Scope had been slow lately, so it made sense. The bigger drop, the one I want to talk about, is Alex Colomay, one year, $12 Yankees drops. Uh, Colome last year absolutely lights out. I mean, I would say a top five closer in the majors. And this year has looked like nothing of the sort. I mean, his uh, his baseball savant page may as well be ice cold, like in the like just terrible, terrible average exit velocity. Cannot keep runs off the board. People are squaring him up and driving him across all parts of the field. The strikeouts, whiffs, chases, all just – it's just – it's not looking good. Colomay is going to have to find it. Uh, but now, granted, if he does, he has a long track record of being very successful in late-inning roles. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. But in the interim, Kyle's relievers have been very solid without Colomay. And I think now that his negative ratios are out of the mix, it may be even more solid. Yeah. So, there you have it. Moving along. So, as you read in the episode title, trade palooza has essentially mm-hmm. happened over the last two days, and this was something that kind of snuck up on a lot of us. Um, I mean, Tyler, I don't – you weren't involved in any of these deals, were you? No. I was not, no. So, I mean, from your perspective, uh, we'll, we'll go through them all. I did get a little bit of insight on some of these trades – so I can uh, I can give a little bit of insight on some of them, but I'm really looking forward to seeing what you've got to say about these. 
Uh, let's start at the top. Trade 116, Athletics and Rockies. Athletics receives John Means, one year, $13. Matt Barnes, one year, $6. And $14 cap space. Uh, the Rockies is going to receive Lucas Sims, one year, $4. Miles Mikolas, one year, $2. Jose Urania, one year, $2. Patrick Sandoval, one year, $1. The cap space works out so that Athletics is going to clear $4 in total on the deal. Um, I think that the, the um, how can I say this? This has been a deal that multiple people have messaged me about with a very strong opinion, independently of one another, mind you. Um, and because of that, I wanted to reach out to the man himself, and I asked Tommy earlier today. I said, you know, hey, just I'm curious, uh, what's your favorite part of your return in the athletics deal? And this is, and I'm going to quote him directly, <clears throat> All of that pitching is so cheap. I was on the fence with Jose Urena specifically, but his stats look nice. My main goal was to get Lucas Sims. He's not closing yet, but I'm giving up Barnes for a cheaper help later. I noticed I wasn't really winning saves most weeks, so I decided to boot it. Now, looking at Lucas Sims here, at 26 years old, a former first-rounder for the Braves, I mean, clearly he is a pitcher with talent. I think you and I can both agree to that. Mm-hmm. Looking at some of these percentile rate kicks, I think Tommy may be on to something. Uh, the K rate, the whiff rate, both outstanding. Hard hit, uh, all, all the ratios look solid. Like, it's something that's very, very... The, it, this is a puzzling move. John Means is an, is an outstanding starting pitcher. Matt Barnes, one of the best closers in the league thus far this year. Um, I think that Mikolas, Urania, and Sandoval will all essentially have to be, uh, let's say, 60% of what means is this year in order to make this make sense, in my opinion. Uh, I do, I will agree that I, that Sims is probably from a talent perspective as good as Barnes, but the thing that makes Barnes so valuable is his role, which Sims doesn't have. Uh, so I think that if Tommy is truly, you know, after, after a month, if he's like, you know, look, it's just, it's not working. The bats that I'm expecting to be big just aren't. Keep getting hurt. I can't find pitching. Whatever the case may be. If he if he's just done, if he's like okay, I need I needed another year, kind of in the oven cooking this monster before I tried to really compete in earnest. If that's the if that's the case, then I get it with Sims. I get it with Nicholas, especially Nicholas at two dollars. I like Nicholas. Urinas look good at two dollars. Sandoval's look good at one. Uh, you, what do you think about this one, man? Um, I think uh, this is a this is kind of a head scratcher. Um. In my opinion, um, I mean, if you're only looking at Urania's stats for this year, sure, he looks like one of the best pitchers in the major leagues. But um, I think what needs to have been done is at least maybe look taking a look at his, his track record. Um, his entire career, he has not been 
um, that great of a starting pitcher. Uh, yeah, Mike, I mean, on this podcast, I've like vocally been a big detractor of his. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pulling up some career stats real quick. Um, Michaelis, uh, I mean, he's been good when healthy, but man, he has had some real tough times trying to stay healthy the last couple of seasons. Um, so, I mean, that could, that could be a good ad, but is he, has he ever pitched like John Means is pitching? No, no, he is not. Uh, At least not in America. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. Well, I don't know. That first year, Michael I mean, was really good. He was, but John Means is just kind of on another level right now. And John Means, um, he was I'm, I, yeah. a big sleeper kind of pick before the season started. And, um, I mean, he's showing out. He is. I looked at his baseball savant page real quick. And, yeah. um, I mean, he's not he's not allowing a lot of hard contact. When he is allowing hard contact, it is very hard because I think he's like in the fourth percentile or something for max exit velocity. Okay. But for his average exit velocity, he's in the eighty fourth percentile. I mean, yeah, that's that's a that, tough one to explain, but but I mean, well, I, I, I'm okay with that because I mean, consider the the division he plays in and the parts right. he plays in. Right. There's there's guys that really can hit, and I think that, I mean, granted, if you're you said eighty fourth and fourth percentiles, is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, if, if he's only given up hard contact on average 16% of the time, roughly, and then when that 16% rolls around, you know, it's ones that may go over the fence or maybe to the to the warning track or whatever the case may be, I think that's pretty fair. Um, let me ask you this. what uh, Where is uh, means on the fastball velocity percentiles? If you do still have it pulled up? Uh, I can go right back. Okay. I don't think he's very high up there, or is he? Uh, well, I just I, I, fastball I, I, velocity forty eight. Okay, I'm looking at Jose Urania's uh, savant page for the year right now, and his fastball well, he's in the seventy eighth percentile of fastball velocity. What about Granted, spin rate? Uh, fastball spin rate at the thirty fourth percentile. John Means is in the eighty first percentile for that. See, I think that that's so interesting because you've got two guys that are both. I mean, we can admit this year, Urania doing good, Means doing very, very good. Uh, but it's two different kind of fastballs. Uh, you know, Urania's kicking it in there with not as much spin, but Means, you know, he's got fine velocity. What's he sitting at? Do you see on there? Um, Pitch distribution. Um. How do I read this exactly? Like ninety three ish. Okay. So okay. So if he's sitting ninety three with yeah. good spin on the fastball, Urania's kicking at about ninety five with you know low end average. Right. That's just really interesting to me. Means um, means is left handed also. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lefty right. So and and if you want to talk about the cost issue, um, I mean thirteen dollars for a. I mean, a guy, at least at this point, looks like pretty much like an ace. I mean, he's not – obviously, he's not DeGrom, you know, Cole I think level. I think but, it's comfortable to say that if he were to continue at the level he's doing right now, you could comfortably keep means un- for the next four seasons. I oh, mean, because yeah. after that fourth season, you're looking at $38 for a guy that right now is pitching like a top 25 player in the game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean – I. I don't really understand the cost uh, argument there either. 
Um, so I don't know. This this trade is weird. Uh, athletics definitely got better. Um, Rockies uh, kind of remains to be seen. Um, we didn't really touch on Sandoval. I don't even know if he's up right now, honestly. He is not. Okay, so I mean, unless that's changed in the last day. Yeah. So, uh, and I doubt it because I think Otani is pitching tomorrow. So they oh. haven't needed to bring another person up, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll say this before we move along, because we do need to move along. We've got many more trades, and we're trending long on this already. Um, in, in the messages I received, and this might or might – I don't know if you have had many conversations about this trade uh, other than the one we're currently having. Um, but the conversations that I had all seemed to kind of be centered on the fact that people were upset that like, you know, I, I did not know John means was available. I know that um, Tommy did send out a message uh, to many people expressing that Matt Barnes was available, but um, I, I don't think people expected him to move means. And yeah, it, it's always a shock. Like when you see that, it's always going to kind of suck for teams who are still pushing and who could have used the John means, but you know, it's just, it's just, it was a shocker. Yeah, and I, to make matters worse uh, for Tommy, it was really bad timing to trade your your best pitcher because he also had Dustin May go down yesterday or Sunday. Indeed, yeah, so, that, um, that was certainly a blow. Yeah. So all in all, um, I don't, you know, yeah, I the first time I saw the trade, I was just like, what? Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair to leave it at that. Um, moving on to trade 117 between the Blue Jays and the Giants. Uh, frequent collaborators, John and Clay. Uh, let's see. Blue Jays receives Craig Kimbrell, two years, $7, and Tyler Maley, one year, $6. Giants, in return, will take in Mike Mustakis, one year, $26. Dominic Smith, one year, $6. Riley Smith, one year, $1, as well as $22 cap space. And that all together will make this, let me think here, path path 4, 10, 11, 13. Giants will clear $2 on the deal. Okay. So, now hang on a second. We are talking about the Giants, the number three team in the NL, number five overall potential playoff team Giants. Listen – that joke is over and dead. Look, when you when you go out and you get just absolutely ramshackled, skull drug by a team that's rebuilding, RIP, and shout out to Dan for doing it. Dude, the, the joke the joke is over. It was a one and done, and as fun as it was, we got a lot of comments and a lot of love for that kind of last on that whole episode last week. Bro, what happened? And, but anyway, anyway. We'll get there. We'll, we'll, we'll get, get there. there. We'll get there. Anyway, anyways, so this deal, uh, I think you said a good one just a minute ago. Athletics obviously got better. I think John got better. He adds to his strength, adds another closer, adds another very affordable starter. That I mean, if Maley keeps it up, John will have him for in the next, you know, you tell me years. But I do like, I do, I well, I. I dislike that if if Clay is struggling so badly with pitching, why are you giving pitching? But at the same time, 
his offensive strength has been like these these reds batters that he stacks. And, you know, I've talked about stacking offense in that regard. But, I mean, Winker, Castellanos, Moustakis, like he, he has like, – that's, that's three of their main eight batters. Yep. And if the reds are hot, Clay's likely going to be getting some stats on it. Uh, Dominic Smith has been ice cold but is on a really cheap deal um, and has been good. And then Riley Smith, uh, kind of an unknown quantity to me, but tonight pitched five innings with four strikeouts, 540 ERA. Looks to be just an average start. Yeah. Um, I Obviously, I like this trade more than the one we just discussed for both teams. Um, yeah, yeah. I do think that Clay got – offensively, he got better because Moustakis is good. He can move him around to different positions, and he, he is good with the, with the bat. Um, Dominic Smith, um, I thought that he was going to come in this year and crush it because he was crushing yeah. spring training pitching. And so I still think that that's a good, a good guy to add on a $6 deal because I think he could probably end up being a keeper for a couple years. Yeah. Um, Riley Smith, like you said, I, I don't know anything about the guy. Um, but, yeah, Blue Jays, I think he definitely got the better return. Kimbrell has looked more like himself this year, so that's good for Cubs fans, and now it's good for John. Sure. And Molly has been has been great. Uh, he got he got hit around a little bit. I think was it yesterday or was it Sunday? One of those days. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, he's been he's been fantastic. So um, I think both teams um, offensively, Clay got better. Pitching wise, Blue Jays got better. So. I think so. I think so. Well, let's move on. That was a that was another trade. We have we've got two more to discuss, uh, including one of the biggest in season trades we've ever seen. Uh, trade one eighteen though, Padres and Tigers. Padres receives Hector Neris one year seven dollars, Dylan Moore one year six dollars, Ryan Reynolds one year one dollars. Tigers receives Tommy Edmond one year eleven dollars. Dylan Cease one year eleven dollars. Mitch Keller one year six dollars, as well as fourteen dollars cap space. And that, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to seventeen twenty eight. Yeah, that'll make it cap neutral. So I'm going to let you talk about Tommy Edmond because he's a uh, one of your Redbirds. But before we get to him, I think that Matt adding Dylan Cease and Mitch Keller to and if I'm and I I should also just go ahead and say this. If I'm not mistaken, Matt traded Edmund Cease and Keller to Padres in the offseason. So kind of a reunion for all three of them. And those young guys, Cease and Keller, could be interesting reclamation projects, so to say, for Matt as he looks to climb out of the um the bottom of the standings. Yeah. Um <clears throat> I think uh, – I feel like Padres, um, he has so many pieces that he could move. I feel like it – like a couple of them were just burning a hole in his pocket. You know what I'm saying? Like when you got like 20 extra bucks and you're like, hey, I might as well spend it on something. It's killing me. <laughs> so I kind of feel like this is where Dan was at um, because, you know, Dan, he knows what he's doing. He's rebuilding. He's not looking to, you know – I mean, I know losing sucks, but when you're when you're actively trying to rebuild and everyone knows it, I think it makes the losing a little easier. Except he didn't lose last week. We'll get to that. Uh, mm-hmm. um, 
<laughs> but uh, I know he was shopping Tommy Edmond around. I did not know he was shopping Cease and Keller around, or I would have uh, probably asked about them. Um, but Tommy Edmond, he's been great for uh, the Cardinals this year, leading off. Um, he's got some sneaky pop. He's, I think he's hit uh, one triple I know of, maybe two or three. <clears throat> he's hitting doubles. I mean, I think he's hit a home run, maybe two. Um, <clears throat> he's been great. I mean, he's stolen some bases. This guy is a really good um, offensive piece for any team and a guy that does have a couple of positions where you can plug him in at. So I I really like Edmund. Uh, Cease has been good this year. Keller has not been good, but I just think as soon as Keller gets moved to another team, it's the same narrative with the Pirates pitchers and their top prospects and stuff. When they get shipped out, they become, I mean, otherworldly. So – all right, Matt. Matt, if you just want to hang on to Keller when he's about sixteen bucks, it's probably going to pay off. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Padres, Padres got a couple of interesting guys. Um, maybe he was looking for saves, so he got Hector Neris. Uh, Dylan Moore is interesting. Um, kind kind of came out of nowhere last year. Uh, potential five category guy if he could hit the ball more. Um, and Brian Reynolds, uh, we all know twenty nineteen. Uh, he came out of nowhere and got rookie of the year votes. Yeah, um, hit over 300. I mean, he's, he's been a really good hitter last year kind of fell on his face, but this year looks like he's really found his stroke again. So, um, I, you know, two teams that uh, are, I guess, overall sort of struggling, maybe just looking for that spark and sure. maybe, maybe this will do it for one of them. Just need a little bit of newness in that lineup. Mm-hmm. So maybe this will give it to him, like you said. And Matt has been – he's had some really tough times with pitching oh, injuries. So. I've got i have got plenty of nice to say about Matthew later on. Don't yeah, you? me too. Don't you worry. All right, moving on. Trade 119. Oh, Buckingham seatbelts. Triple, triple. This is a three-team trade. Cubs, Padres, and Rockies. They meet in the middle – uh, let's see. So that would be Colorado, San Diego. So it's let's see, Denver, San Diego, and Chicago. Let me pull up a map of the United States. What's what's the middle there? Three NL teams at that. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Damn it, guys! What are y'all doing? Okay, <laughs> Chicago and Denver and San Diego. So the middle is essentially Denver. So let's just say they met. In, uh, in Colorado to, to make this trade. All right. Cubbies is going to receive JT Real Muto, two years, $27. Anthony Descofani, one year, $21. Tyler Anderson, one year, $7. Dustin May, one year, $6. Jacob Junis, one year, $1. I think that is the case. I don't seem to have his contract price here. We're going to say he's a dollar. I'll double check it. Uh, altogether receives $33 cap, eight from Padres, 25 from Rockies. Uh, Padres receives Miguel Sano, one year, $18. Prospect JJ Blade, one year, or I still have his prospect deal, $1. Rockies receives Alex Kirilov, two years, $1. Andres Jimenez, one year, $9. Emilio Pagan, one year, $6. Alejandro Kirk, one year, $6. The roundabout of this money is Tommy is going to lose $6 on the deal, 
Rodello gains six. Dan stays the same. Lots of moving pieces here. Um, let me ask you, buddy. What what do you think the best way to to cover this is going to be? To cover this, oh. yeah, how, how should we break this trade down? I think one of us can talk about Cubs since he's trying to get better this mm-hmm. year, and then the other two, one of us can talk about those two. You you can choose whichever you'd prefer. Okay, yeah, I'll uh, I'll talk about Rody and what he got. Um, <laughs> so um, I was also trying to find about. I'm trying to find Jacob Genus's contract real quick for you. Oh, thank you, buddy. And maybe he just picked it up. I'll I'll get it. There it is. Yeah, it's a dollar. A dollar. Okay. Um. Anyways, so Cubs. Rody started out real hot. Um, the last couple of weeks have been um not so kind to him. So I think that he's probably looking for um, a spark, looking to get better, and he definitely got better. Um, lots of pitching depth here, lots of pitching depth. Unfortunately, he did get Dustin May, who looks like he may be out for a while. But, um, I, you know, he's only a $6 deal. So Dustin May could be kept for another couple years, especially yeah. if he comes back and pitches the way that he was before he got hurt because he was really good. Um, yeah. Jacob Junis has looked really good so far. Tyler Anderson pitches for the Pirates, so y'all already know how I feel about him. Um, <laughs> Dee Sclafani has been great. Tony Disco has been awesome this year for I the Giants. I see him get traded to not me. <laughs> yeah. So, But, you know, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. I just wonder if the Giants are just playing just out of their minds right now. And everybody is about to just crashing back down to earth. I don't know. I don't I, know. I I don't I don't like if like if I was betting on something like this, I I think I would stay away from this one because I don't know. Because I mean, Dee Sclafani has been great. Um, Aaron Sanchez has been great. Alex Wood has been great. Kevin Gossman has been great. That whole starting staff has been really good. Quato was good before he got hurt. Yeah. So. You know, and they're they're tied with the Dodgers for first place. <laughs> Who would have thought that after April? Nobody, not me. Yeah, I thought they were going to be in last place. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, hopefully, De Sclafani can keep the good times rolling for Rody because um, he's going to have to. Because I know Dustin May that injury really hurts. Um, yeah, certainly. So maybe Jacob Junis and Anderson can keep doing what they're doing. Um, and then, of course, Real Muto was a huge get, best catcher in the game. And uh, really hard for me to have let him go um, before the draft. But, hey, I got to do what I got to do. And, uh, I mean, that's just a plus. That's just that's just a match. He can basically know he's going to win every week is the catcher, the catcher position. Um, yep. So, there's just really – can you name anybody that's just real close to Real Muto right now? I don't know. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm not. I'm gonna say no because Real Muto's yeah. the guy. Like, um, uh, well, all in all, I put Posey's killing it this year. Posey is. Posey is. Carson but he's Kelly's another good year. Posey's another giant, though. When's he gonna come back down to earth? You know. Yeah, I, I don't he's, know, man. That's a, that's he's a, also like ancient for a catcher. <laughs> like not Yadi or Molina, ancient, but he's ancient. 
I would have Posey. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. But uh, because I mean he he definitely got better after this deal. I think the big the biggest one that probably is going to hurt him long term to have traded is Carroll off because he's been he got to come up and finally play and he's looked really good so far. But um, I mean that's how you that's how you win in this league. You trade you know yeah. you trade up and comers for for guys that you know are going to produce and then you just sit back and watch them do their thing. So. Um, yeah, yeah Rody definitely that, got better. Yeah, that one, that exact mindset won me a title two years ago. So yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. Um, let's I'll, speaking of uh, Kirilov though. Uh, Tommy actually also spoke to me about Kirilov and said uh, he essentially just said I love Kirilov, and I said to him, <laughs> I said I think that's apparent. Uh, I said, thus far, Kirilov looks the part of everything that you apparently think he'll be and that people have said he'd be for a long time, like four homers over, what was it, like four over three games or something? Yeah, something yeah, like, like that. that. Just, just out of his brain from uh, for the last four days and just looked insane. Uh, was not in the lineup today with wrist soreness. Uh, people are saying they're hoping it's just a one-day thing. So, yeah, I hope so for him. Uh, let's see. Kirilov for sure is the big get for Tommy. Uh, yeah. I don't want – okay, I'll stay on Tommy, but I do think that Dan also got a humongous get that I'll get to in just a second. Um Looking a little deeper, though, at uh, the gets for uh, Tommy, though, Andres Jimenez, um, big, big prospect with the Mets, as you guys may recall, um, has just struggled to get it together this year. Um, quietly kicked in a couple of uh, a couple homers and a couple steals, but the average is just not there, and that's something that they really need for him to do, the, they being the Indians and now Tommy, to be truly productive. And at $9, you're looking at maybe this year and next as his extended window with Tommy, especially if Tommy is truly rebuilding uh, for another season or two. Uh, that's just getting to be expensive. Uh, Emilio Pagan, uh, a solid reliever. I think everybody can agree to that for sure. Uh, this season, he's had a couple of really good showings, uh, several scoreless innings with a couple strikeouts, um, Couple of clunkers. Looks like he's had trouble recording outs in certain situations. Uh, let's say that was the Dodgers, which makes sense, and then uh, the Diamondbacks, which is kind of a, a strange one. But again, Pagan's been a closer in the past, so that could be another case of like the Lucas Simses, where he's just looking to you know future closers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Alejandro Kirk was one that, uh, and I'll, I'll quote Dan here. I was talking to Dan about the steal, and he was very shocked that Kirk was moved. Uh, because in a little inside baseball, the deal, to my knowledge, was primarily agreed to. It was first a Cubs-Padres move, where Padres moved Kirk to Cubs, but then in the grander scope of the deal that became a three-team trade, he went from Cubs to, I guess, from Padres to Rockies. But uh, Kirk, uh, we've talked about him on here quite a few times, a lot of hype. A lot of uh, potential to be a solid catcher that could, you know, eventually rival the real mutos of the world. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, right now we're still we're still waiting. Uh, Tommy also loses money, which I mean, Tommy had a ton of money coming into the season. You got to spend it somehow. So I mean, if you're getting 
your guy, so to say, in Kirilov. Uh, I get it, but you know, you Kirk needs to pan out. It'd be great if Jimenez could start hitting the ball. Let's move on though, and uh, talk about a guy that I just—I mean, it's no secret. Absolutely freaking love JJ Bleday, who's going from Cubs to Padres. Um, who drafted Bleday initially? Clay drafted him and traded him to you. Is that right? Because mm-hmm. I remember being pissed at you regarding Bleday for some reason, and I imagine it's because you traded for him. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. Uh, Super polished. Extraterrestrial feel for the strike zone. Has, you know, just decimates breakers. All fields hitting. He's, God, Bladey's so fucking good. Um, I I love this guy. Like, literally... Uh, for two straight years in the prospect draft, I was like, God, I want J.J. Bleday. God, I want J.J. Bleday. The first year, he was ineligible for our draft, and the next year, he got taken before my pick. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, man, I just – I think that Dan is just stacking up just incredible young guys. I'm telling you, if just – I mean, if Dan at the end of the year ends up with 30 lottery tickets plus his prospect system, if 10 of those lottery tickets hit, then he's set. He's set. All he needs at that point is just a solid draft. And he's yeah. instantly competitive, if not an instant winner. Mm-hmm. This was a humongous, stupid trade. And, I mean, we didn't even touch on Miguel Sano, who, who could be a badass at the drop of a hat. I mean, I don't have to tell you. Yeah. You had him for two, three seasons. Is that right? So, yeah. Yeah. So, this was a, a humongous, ridiculous trade, but we are trending along. We've got one more trade to touch on just real briefly, and I'm actually let you cover this one because you know these guys really well. Uh, this is an unnumbered trade because it's just a typical trade through Yahoo. Um, it was cap neutral, no uh, accoutrement to accompany it. It's just player for player, straight cash. Uh, yeah. Marlins receives Harrison Bader, one-year, $1. Red Sox receives Genesis Cabrera, one-year, $1. Uh, I think it's a little bit of I need this, you need that. Swip, swap, quick, quick. And uh, tell me what we need to know about these gentlemen here. Well, Bader, <clears throat> Bader's always been interesting. Uh, a little bit of power, a lot of speed. Um, always had trouble putting the ball in play. So if he can ever figure that out, um, he, he's going to be a good fantasy player. He just has to figure that out, which is a big if. Um, he has come back from in, in, uh, energy injury this last week and looked pretty good. So we'll see if he can keep it going. Um, Genesis Cabrera, uh, now infamous for hitting Bryce Harper in the face. And then because of this three batter rule, um, had to stay in after he was uh, obviously shooken up and hit Gregorius in the back. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, looking past that, he looks like he is for real out of the bullpen. Um, so he's he's been very good since that incident. So I think this is a good pickup from um, Anderson. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever start again. I think he could just be um, just a just a lefty out of the pen. So in that Cardinals bullpen, he's probably not a guy that's going to close anytime soon either. I just I think he's just getting him for the ratios because he does strike out people. So sure, sure. Well, I mean, that's fine. You know, you need those guys. Yeah. So that's, that's totally fine. Let's see. 
Uh, well, brother, I appreciate you breaking that one down, and we are running close to time here. I do have a little bit of news for you. Oh? Yes. Uh, so, you'll recall that last week I mentioned that I was going to put out uh, the APB for anybody who wants to leave us a voice memo. And it turns yeah. out, brother, that we have received a voice memo from yeah. one of our fellow league mates. Um, I, you know, rather than sitting here and dilly-dallying, I think it will be best if we just listen to it, see what this manager's got to say. Sweet. Okay. So without further ado, the first of hopefully many voice memos to the Real Shit Baseball podcast. Let's listen in as we hear from one of our friends. Okay, listen, I know I'm not second in the league, first in the National League, but I have 10, count them 10, pitchers on my injured list. And I had to drop one pitcher just to put a pitcher on the injured list. So actually I had 11. Jesse Hahn, gone. All of you who want to hate on me, you don't have 10 pitchers on the injured list. So... Yeah. Anyway, good luck to everyone, except the Cardinals this week. And uh, go Giants. Well, always good to hear from our friend Clay. And uh, we just, um, (laughs) we love his humor. We love hearing from him. And uh, just, I'm just glad that he um, (laughs) let us bust his balls last week in stride. (laughs) And, I mean, we did. We definitely did, too. Uh, I hate that he's got so many guys on the IL pitching line specifically. But, uh, man, just just crazy. And it's great to hear from him. Like you said, we got to get Clay back on. And he's he's had several ideas for the podcast, like different, uh, different portions for every week. But, you know, I, I'm just me and you know this really well. We have a tendency to roll really long. Like most, most fantasy podcasts do not last two hours on average. No. <laughs> so uh yeah we we're already trending really long but anyway let's uh let's kick that habit and move right on to the week four matchup breakdowns uh we had a big big week lots of heavyweight matchups and uh we'll start with one uh right here off the bat the braves versus the phillies the two most recent champions of the league collide and the braves took this one seven to five uh and i'll i've got the story of the week for the braves uh, here's the story, man. Jose Ramirez decided that he had had enough of his typical level of excellence that he, you know, he normally performs at. Instead, he decided to find a whole new level of excellence. And that level uh, sounds like six runs, four home runs, eight RBIs, 400 average, 1620 OPS, uh, which is, as you may recall, the sum of those stats for the Phillies over the week. So, fabulous. Uh, this is also, of course, ignoring the fact that Ronald Acuna Jr. continues to be TM really good at baseball. Uh, from the pitching side of the matchup, uh, Freddie's pitchers did the mind-numbingly challenging task of just not allowing runs. That's a thing that my own pitchers were just legitimately oblivious to over the weekend for the whole year, apparently. So, uh, specifics, though, we'll shout out to Julio Urias. We'll shout out to Griffin Cannings for their killer weaves. Uh, barf, 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 barf. Killer job from the Bravos. 
Well, uh, my story of the week for the managerless Phillies is that <sighs> the pitching was um, just just not good, and <laughs> it hurt the yes. Phillies, man, real bad. Yeah. This this uh, matchup would have been completely different if um, the Phillies pitching had just come out and um, honestly just had a decent week. I I think you know. Those ratios would have definitely been in reach, and so would have the strikeouts. I don't know what happened with the Philly strikeouts this week. They were just just way down, um, yeah. like you said. Uh, Bettinger uh, decided not to strike anybody out, but uh, so, did, <laughs> so did like half the team. Yeah, he, he so, was following suit. It's not like yeah. he, there's a lot of galaxy brain shit on the team. <laughs> um, well, I don't know what happened. Uh, it's just a bad week for a lot of pitchers. Heaney didn't have a good week. No. Bettinger, of course. Um, Maeda, uh, gosh, Arihara, Lance Lynn came back and didn't pitch just just extremely well. Matt yeah. Shoemaker, I mean, it was just a tough um, – I mean, One after another. Yeah, just a tough week all in all for the Phillies. But honestly, um, I mean, you know, you, the Phillies came as close as they possibly could to, a, to winning the matchup and didn't. Yeah. And yeah. if you're going to get – like if if your pitchers are going to have bad weeks, then I guess it's okay if they have them all at the same time. I suppose just to get it out of the way, and then you know, the rest of the season they should be like you know, great, right? Uh, knock on laptop. We'll see what happens. <laughs> all right, so, up next for these two teams, uh, the number seven Braves are going to be taking on the number eleven Padres. We're going to talk about the Padres here in a minute. And the number eight Phillies is going to be taking on the number 13 Marlins. Uh, Matt is uh, bad news bears pretty much for both the Braves and Phillies who had a butthole clinching matchup this week. And now they are coming into a week where they both are going to play guys who are fresh off some upsets that we will get to in just a minute. But before we get to that, we have got another matchup Cardinals versus Rockies and the salamander decided to just go ham and cheese in this one. He took that one. Cardinals 11, Rockies 1. And Tyler, you've got the story of the week for the Redbirds. I do. I cannot believe I'm finally getting to say this. But the Cardinals bats are here, baby. <laughs> I, I was getting so tired of telling people how great Cardinals pitching is. And now I get to tell them how great Cardinals hitting is. Um just a great week across the board for Cardinals hitters. Uh, a team average of 320 and a team OPS of 930. That's going to play. Oh, yeah. um, he won every other category. Uh, most most all of them uh, handedly, except for the stolen bases, where he won by one. Um, Nico Horner had a huge week for Cardinals. He had three steals um, to go along with a 370 average and a 933 OPS. Uh, get well soon because he did go on IL today. Yeah. Um, a couple other contributors. Uh, Sean Murphy is finally heating up. He hit yes. three home runs over the week. Um, Austin Hayes has finally come back from injury. Uh, your daddy is looking like a big dad. This, <laughs> yeah. he, God, he is so good. Um, and just going to get better, I think. Uh, Josh yes. Rojas. Josh Rojas is looking awesome. So, uh, just a lot of guys that have been playing um, – underperforming all season have finally come to life and they all decided to do it in the same week. And unfortunately for Tommy, it was against his Rockies. What about them? Kill- we did, you didn't even mention the killer bees, Bogarts, Ben Tendy, both. I, I know. 
I know. I see Bogarts has been like the steady guy for Cardinals, so I just felt like I needed to talk about someone else. Yeah, give give the other kids the praise. Yeah, let them play with the ball for a minute. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. He also had good pitching. Anyway, Rockies. Story of the week for the Rockies. Uh, David Peralta, Didi Gregorius, they kept Tommy close in the RBI category. We we can't take away from Tommy that he, he kept it close in some. I mean, Alex won 11 to 1. There, there's really nothing you can say to ease that blow. But, I mean, they, he kept it close. And three stolen bases was almost enough to force a tie. I mean, Nico Horner met, you know, met that by himself. But I think that the story of the week is Tommy's pitching, particularly Matt Barnes, kept his ratios manageable. And that's, and I mean that to say very competitive and won him saves. The one that he won was saves, and that's Matt Barnes. Um, it's ironic, based on his comments earlier, that he wasn't winning saves, whereas that's literally the one win he got this week. Now, granted, I'd have to look at the um, – you know, head to head per season, you know, the four weeks, what saves look like for him. But either way, I'm curious now kind of what the plan is for him for closers and for saves. I, I imagine he is just going to punt on. He's had uh, Barnes, who's been one of those consistent ones thus far. I also would be amiss not to mention strong starts and strong weeks from Jake Junis, who's been flipped, as well as John Means, who's been flipped. The one guy who had a good week that's still pitching in cores is uh, Mike Fultonevich. So, uh, shouts to those guys and, uh, you know, Rockies, as we referenced earlier, we'll see kind of where he goes from here. Uh, he's going to be in the driver's seat with a lot of opportunities. He's got some guys that teams could be and should be looking at. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, up next for them, though, the number two, number two card, number two, number one in the NL, number two overall Cardinals are going to take on the guy who he took that joke from. Blake Harbor and the number five Giants. Holy shit. And then uh, Tommy's number 15 Rockies are going to be taking on the number four Cubs. Uh, two really interesting matchups this week, uh, particularly, Tyler, when you consider that as of right now, I'm going to have to go pull it up because I haven't looked at a minute. As of right now, we're sitting 5-5 five, five Rockies and Cubs, man. And we we're are. sitting 5-4 Giants and Cardinals, too. That's, that's right. Tight stuff. Tight. Tight. Like let, let hate week begin. Hate week indeed. <laughs> hate week indeed. Moving on. Uh, we referenced it earlier, the Marlins and Cubs. Uh, an upset, man. Uh, the Fish take it 7-5 to five over the front of the podcast, Rebellos Cubs. For the Marlins, we got the story. I got the story of the week right here. The Fish pitchers do what needs to be done to put away the Cubbies, man. Uh, big victories in the saves and wins categories, and he kept the ratios low. You know, if you're going to win saves, your guys are obviously doing well on the mound, so keeps the ratios low. Props to Araldis Chapman, Cesar Valdez, and Richard Rodriguez from the Marlins Relief Corps. On the starter side of the street, uh, Trevor Rogers continues to look like a grown man and just keeps on doing grown man things. Uh, and a stellar Alex Wood start and then flip subsequently paid off, as well as uh, you got to give Scott A. Marlins credit for his massive balls. Rode the lightning with Merrill Kelly, rode the lightning with Eric Fetty, and all of those gambles paid off. So, I mean, it's a good week of gambles for the Marlins as he upsets a very game Cubs team and friend of the podcast, Rodello. <clears throat> yeah. Um, speaking of Rodello and his Cubs. Wow, 
those offensive numbers are uh, quite legit, my friend. Yeah. Um, and the guy that I wanted to highlight was uh, the guy he just traded, Alex Kirilov. Um, came out of nowhere this week, hit four home runs, and had 10 RBIs Ugh. for Rodello's Cubbies. Um, also, a uh, big-time five-category contributor was Trey Turner with two home runs, six runs, two RBIs, two stolen bases, a, t- a 429 average, and an OPS of 1240. Um the offense was not in doubt for the Cubs this week, except for stolen bases. So, um, Cubs, uh, his pitching kind of underwhelmed. Um, he had some pretty bad starts and and some relief pitching appearances. But all in all, uh, a nice surprise from the Marlins. Indeed. Indeed it was. Uh, let's roll right along then. Uh, we've already covered who they're playing next week. So, we've got the fourth matchup. Guys, oof. The giant literally has fallen. I mean, oh shit! It's literally the giant. Man, that was uh, nice. Well, thanks. I, you know, I honestly wasn't planning that, but as it came out of my mouth, you know, sometimes happy accidents, baby, happy accidents. There are no yeah. mistakes. It's just you know, Bob. Insert Bob Ross quote. Uh, Padres took this one eight to four. Holy shit, <laughs> Tyler! <laughs> what went right for the Padres? This rebuilding team who conquered the number two in the NL. Number one in the NL, number two overall, Clay Carver Giants. The Giants matched by Clay Carver. Number one in the NL, number two overall. What was the story to put the Padres over the edge? The story for Dan and his Padres was the pitching this week. Um, and really nice surprise from the Padres. His pitching was uh, quite literally on fire. Um, four wins, 69 strikeouts. Nice. An ERA, yeah, I know. An ERA of 3.08, a whip of 1.01, and seven quality starts from Padres pitching staff. Um, yeah, so a really great week for him. Lots of big time uh, performances from Dylan Cease. Domingo uh, Yerman did not think that I would say that name again this year. Um, Luis Patino came in and pitched well. Aviedo from the Pittsburgh came in and pitched well. Uh, there's just a lot of guys. Shane McClanahan pitched well for the Rays, uh, who he traded for earlier this season. Tony Disco pitched well. So uh, just across the board, just a huge pitching week, and I think one that really took the Giants by surprise. I, I think so, too. Uh, so moving on to said Giants, Cliff Carver's number uh, – well, former number two overall, number one in the NL Giants. In a week where batting was – you know, surprisingly close, we can say. And especially when you reflect on the final numbers, Giants can be thankful for his uh, twin red sluggers that we referenced earlier, Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker, each of whom popped off for eight runs, two home runs, five or more RBIs. Combined, these two players, Tyler, 16 runs, four home runs, 11 RBIs, one steal, a 362 average, and a 1.082 OPS for the week. Hmm. Mitch Hanniger was also nuts over the week. Uh, he hit a pair of Mitches over the fence. Uh, and pitching was, man. As he said earlier, as you just said, that was Clay's downfall in the back six. Uh, hopefully, for the former number one in the NL, number two overall, Clay Carver's Giants, who were uh, number one in the NL, number two overall last week, some help will soon arrive from the DL. I think he said he has, what, like nine pitchers hurt. So, yeah, hopefully – Hopefully we can have uh, 
some of the beds in the ER clear out and Clay can get some help. <laughs> Let's move on to the American League, though, and talk about uh, a matchup of the two teams that start with A. Uh, Paul Little's Athletics versus Big Sean Lou's Astros. And I'll, I'll, Astros wins seven to three. What, what, what? Uh, I got the story of the week, and damn it, I'm gonna have to compliment Big Lou, aren't I? Yes, you are. Go ahead. Well, hell, I mean, if there's ever a week to do it, this is it. Uh, the offensive categories were all kept way too close for comfort for Paul. Um, the only one that I'll call a true loss for Astros was runs. The RBI category he ran away with on the back of Ryan McMahon's stellar seven RBI week. Uh, Byron Buxton continues to be TM really good at baseball by producing a six run, two homer, three RBI, two steal, 476 average, and 1.405 OPS week. Uh, now, I, I'm going to say this. I'm going to push pretty hard. I, I don't really care for McMahon or Buxton long term. If I think we talk about this on the reg, but I mean, how much of this is just good health for one and temporary inflammability for the other? Like, I, I think time's going to tell. But I just I, I, I anyway for the for the week it was sunshine and rainbows, and man, Paul is sitting in a cake of misery and sadness. Uh, on the pitching side of the tracks, old. Big Lou had Stefan Crichton and Josh Stalmont keeping the ratios in check, and they provided all the saves that he needed to take that category win. Uh, it's probably good for Paul that he's bringing in Matt Barnes, uh, who we discussed earlier. Uh, Jose Uriquity was a stud for the starters, and I mean, I've said enough nice stuff about Sean. If he's listening, he can comment the phrase uh, rubber baby buggy bumpers, and I'll send him a free hat in the mail. Go ahead, Tyler. What, what kind of hat? A lucky bird hat. Awesome. Dang, I hope he hears that. <laughs> um, so, story of the week for the A's. Um, his pitching had a, had a pretty good week, honestly, across the board. Yeah. Just didn't get the numbers where, when it comes to quality starts and wins that he needed and saves. Um, but the offense, it needed just a little more, just a little more to make this like, you know, a – like eight to four game or something like that. Yeah. I, again, I think if we were looking at the real Ryan McMahon, the real Byron Buxton, this wouldn't be a conversation. Yeah. So it was really close. Average and OPS were really, really close. Um, they both, they tied in home runs and stolen bases. And like you said, uh, Paul's athletics ran away with the runs category and lost RBIs by seven. So, uh, just just a couple of things go right for athletics here or a couple more things go wrong for Astros, and this is a different ball game. Oh, yeah. So, um, but just to highlight a couple stories of the week, uh, <laughs> Chris Taylor of the Dodgers scored 10 runs. Ugh. Hats off. Um, Trevor Story um, has – it looks like he's finally getting into a groove. Eight runs, two home runs, five RBIs, a stolen base. Man. And Travis Shaw hit another two home runs. Notables, though, Kyle Tucker hit no home runs. DJ LeMayhew hit no home runs. Bryce Harper hit no home runs. So, um, those were holes. Those were big zeros, big goose eggs. That just one more, just a crooked number there, and you're, you know, yeah. A's, A's possibly is winning this thing. So, 
really close matchup. I expect the next one to probably go in Paul's favor. I, you'd think, but right now Mariners is putting the donkey stomp on him, twelve to nothing, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mariners, man. We'll talk about it in a second. Yeah, we'll we'll get to Mariners here in just a second. Up next for these two teams, uh, the number ten Astros are in a in a matchup this week with the number twelve Yankees. Uh, currently, Yankees is up eight to two there. And uh, the number six, Athletics, is taking on the number three, Mariners, in a big, big matchup. And right now, like we said, Mariners 12-0 in Athletics. Still, the week is still young. We'll see what happens. But moving on to those exact Mariners. Last week, another hellacious collision as Mariners and Blue Jays squared off. And Mariners took that one 9-3. Tyler, let's hear about Mariner and all of his wild success. Well, um, I think that uh, overall, Mariners, um, his offense did play well. Blue Jays, he just has a lot of power on that team. Um, But Mariners did end up winning the RBI stat. (laughs) I mean, combined between these two teams, there were 94 RBIs this week. That is massive, massive numbers. 49 RBIs in one week is usually going to win you the stat, but you usually don't have to sweat it out like Mariners did. So, insane. Um, insane offensive week from both teams. Um, and then pitching-wise, I think Mariners' pitching staff was just a little better. Uh, not that e- either of them pitched extremely well. Um, Mariners' ERA, team ERA was 4.14, whereas Blue Jays was 4.73. Um, but in the end, Mariners got the ratios and the numbers that he needed besides in the win category. Um and guys that really helped with that, uh, Adam Wainwright had a really nice week. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Ian Kennedy had a great week with three saves, so that was that was huge. Um, and uh, Jack, great ratio numbers, but he uh, he's been he's been looking really good so far. So I think he's he might be getting back to his ace level where he was not at last year. Um, so. In my opinion, I hope so. I hope so because we really need him as a Cardinals fan. But, um, but yeah, in the end, Mariners does take this one nine to three. It was, uh, like I said, Mariners Mariners pitching staff was just good enough to get the job done. Mm, indeed. Uh, so on the flip side of this point is Blue Jays, and for John, this may I'm I'm going to say this may be one of the toughest losses in recent memory for him. Uh, hmm. Honestly, the only four category only four categories were really, really out of the question for him. That's average, OPS, saves, and ERA. One player whose average and OPS had no fault in those losses, though, is Jesus Aguilar, who popped off to the tune of a five-run, three homer, six RBI, three fifty-three average, one point three six one OPS week. Uh, absolutely sickening. Uh, Boba had a strong week, and Meadows did as well. Uh, moving to pitching, though, the saves loss is a really sucky one because John's closers didn't come through in big opportunities. And we'll hear about that relief core in just a minute, but the ERA, another obvious downer for John. Uh, guys like Daniel Bard, uh, Hiro Sawamura, and Herman Marquez, they just had some terrible performances over the matchup, man. And yeah. as we alluded to earlier, though, John tends to his needs and acquires a solid closer option. RT. 
R-O-T-F-L-M-A-O, get wrecked, American League. Blue Jays is back, baby. Middle fingers <laughs> to the world. Up, up next, uh, another just, man, John mm, and mm, you. Number nine, Blue Jays versus the number one, Rays. Damn. that's I mean, that's going to be a match, man. Yeah. Has been so far. For the here and now, though, it's looking – well, good for you. The Rays are up nine to one. Of course, it is just I mean, it's uh, right now eleven o'clock. Uh, well, eleven o one. Come on, or eleven o two. Shit. Anyway, on Tuesday evening, but uh, yeah, the week is young. But man, that's going to be a tough matchup for both of you. Lots of lots of baseball to be played. Lots of baseball to be played yet. Moving on to uh, like we said to you, the Rays. You took on Matt's Tigers, um, and we called this a trap game for you. Uh, you ended up avoiding the trap <laughs> Shit. oh so narrowly, but came out with a beautiful 8-3 to three win there. And I've got the story of the week for you, and I know that this is the portion of the show where I'm supposed to talk nicely about your team, Tyler, but I, I, I'm literally going to have to give a special shout-out to our boy Matthew Stormtrooper. Uh he really put the test on you in a hellacious week of fantasy baseball. In <laughs> um, speaking about that matchup, 50% of the categories were within our striking distance parameters at the week's end. The others were just clear wins for either you or Matt. It, I mean, it's like a, it's like a heavyweight boxing classic, man. Uh, just back and forth, just blow after blow. Things that, you know, what, where you're close, you're close. And then the things that you just blow them away, you just blow them away. I mean, it, it's beautiful, beautiful week of baseball. Tyler, your team, though, was anchored, in my opinion, by Chris Bryant, who was just too stupid for words. Uh, six runs, four homers, 10 RBIs, 417 average, 1542 OPS. <laughs> That's not me yakking all over my keyboard. Uh, this is, of course, discounting the ridiculous week that Aaron Judge had, and I'm sure you were ready for that for sure. Uh, yes. Judge popped up. What was it, three home runs? Uh, two. Two home runs, just stupid. Uh, J.D. Martinez is still really dumb. Uh, on the pitching side of it, just your team was ignorant, as always. Uh, Garrett Cole, awesome. Corey Kluber, awesome. Carlos Rodon, awesome. Max Scherzer, awesome. Rich Hill, of all people, awesome. Just stop it. Uh, it's like that scene on The Simpsons. Stop. He's already dead. Uh, by the way, Max Scherzer threw a complete game win with nine strikeouts and then left from the ballpark to watch his wife give birth. What a fucking superstar that guy is. I love him. Agreed. Well, I'll just tell you, Saturday and Sunday um, was uh, it was it was tough to watch. Uh, Matt gave everything that he possibly could to make sure that I lost and. Um, like it was just so crazy because Saturday morning I was up like, like 10 mm-hmm. and then Saturday night happened and Matt's team literally had the best single day I've ever seen offensively for a team. Do you have that pulled up? Cause if not, I'm going to pull it up. Um, I can pull it up. No, I'll, I'll get it. You go ahead and keep talking. I got it. Okay. Um, yeah, you just read off the stats from that one day. And and I'm not going to lie, my Friday night was was very good, very good. Like, I hit six home runs and had, I think I had 12 RBIs and 12 runs apiece that day, that night. But, Matt, yeah, just go ahead and tell us. On the night, the Tigers hit 20 for 42 with 14 runs. This is one day, guys, 14 runs, seven home runs. 16 RBIs, a stolen base, 
a 476 average and a 1548 OPS. Okay. Now, hold hold out hold where you there right now. Yeah. And I and I'm going to say that after Saturday night it was like oh I think it was like 9 to 2 or something Tigers. And then Sunday happens and I refuse to look at it for most of the day. And um Matt had like I think his team ended up hitting like almost four hundred again on Sunday. Yeah, Three sixty eight on Sunday with yeah. I mean a nice offensive day. I, I mean a, a a good offensive day in a normal week for a team. Yeah. So in in like forty eight hours and went from a Rays like bashing to a Tigers bashing to a Rays narrow win. Um, and on Sunday, I was kind of bailed out by Chris Bryant and uh, someone else at home, Ryan, I think. can't remember who. Um, and then, yeah, and then Scherzer and Kluber were just lights out on Sunday, and that was that was huge. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it, was, it was a tough week. And then we are going to give plenty of praise to Matt and his Tigers later. And Matt, if oh, you're yeah. listening, I think after we throw out some numbers, I don't think you should throw in the towel, buddy. I, I think that the number 16 beside his name, as well as a team we'll talk about here in just a moment, I think that two AL teams near the bottom of the standings are being torrentially under um, under look, looked at negatively, I guess you could say, because well, of the results of their matchups, but no more. If it's the two teams that I've played the last two weeks, then yeah, because those two teams, like, they gave everything they had. I mean, it was it was nail biters both weeks. No, you're you're absolutely right. Those are the two. But hey, let's let's real quick up next for the Tigers, man. We talk we talk grudge matches. We talk hellacious collisions, dude. You got two best friends gonna smack each other's dicks around. Number sixteen Tigers, number fourteen Red Sox. It's it's Storm Door versus the Jandy Man, dude. Holy shit. <laughs> Ring that bell. Ding, ding, ding. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And, dude, we get to sit in the jury for this one as these two legal masterminds go tete-a-tete on the baseball field. I'm hyped. Legal. Legal. I'm hyped. But moving on, uh, we had the matchup with said Red Sox uh, in another sort of rivalry. Uh, we referenced last week these two guys are, you know, not the, the certainly not one another's rival. And yet, the Yankees and Red Sox play on. Uh, Kyle's Yankees took this one 9-2 to over the Red Sox. Kyle's first win of the year. And Tyler, what do you got to say about Kyle's Yankees last week? I've got a lot of good things to say about Kyle's Yankees, as I did last week. Um, but uh, while across the board, both sides of the ball. Um, offensively, Kyle had a great week. Um, his... Uh, his hitters are really, really popping off. Um, Coming Vlad, around big. Yeah. Vlad Jr. is is looking like the guy that he's been touted to be. Um, Todd Tease wasn't near as hot last week as he was the week before or the weekend before. But uh, in the end, Kyle didn't really need it. Cedric Mullins is still hitting well, hitting mm-hmm. with power, which is surprising. Um, Guriel looks like he's back and healthy and hitting. And uh, Arenado, he chipped in six RBIs, so that was big. Oh, yeah. Um, but I guess the bigger story of the week was Kyle's pitching. Um, won every uh, pitching category, uh, most of them by quite a bit. 
Uh, it looks like all of them, actually. Um, and, yeah, he had great pitching weeks. Carlos Martinez, uh, guys, I'm, I'm just going to say I'm going to pat myself on the back for this one because I – I was talking this this ad up by Kyle at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. and I texted Kyle myself, or actually Kyle texted me and was like, "Hey, I'm glad you agree with my Martinez pickup." And I was like, "Look, man, if this guy will ever get his head out of his own ass, then he will be awesome." <laughs> look out! Look out! Yeah, Some and and the last two weeks, man, he has been just flat out awesome. He's really attacking hitters. He's pitching a little different now. He's not trying to strike everybody out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's paying off. He just just paying off. So, Carlos Martinez, uh, probably MVP of the week for Yankees last week. Agreed. I would say. I would say for sure. Uh, let's talk about Red Sox for a minute. I mean, we all all the offensive categories were probably way closer than Kyle would have really liked them to be. So, really, props to Alex's offense for you know showing out and popping off literally. Uh, huge multi-homer weeks from guys like Ozzy Albies, Reese Hoskins, AJ Pollock. You're welcome, by the way, for uh, Bettinger. Uh, really buoyed a strong batting week for the Rouge Stockings in this kind of pseudo rivalry game. Uh, Ozzy Albies week particularly was surely well received from the Jandy man. Uh, Albies started so slow, man, um, but he kicked that slow start and really took off this week. Um, from a pitching perspective, man. I'm sure Alex kind of wishes they could all be Tyones and Sheffields. Uh, they both had some really strong starts, both very young, but I think moreover what Alex needs pitching wise is just some of those young guys to get a shot, man. So let's see some Matt Manning. Let's see some, see some Dalton Jeffries. Let's see some Honeywell or some more Honeywell. Where's what the fuck's Puck doing? Like where's Archer and Teron coming back? Like, is there any chance Mike Clevenger has like robot blood and, cyborg parts and can come pitch like you know that kind of thing like i mean it like you said kyle's pitching really kind of ran off in a lot of regards but alex has got good guys it's just you know poor week from uh, ed rod uh, gomber kind of kind of didn't have a, a great week hey you you get it uh, sean newcomb got toasted mm-hmm. one night hendrix is on just a bad streak but you know really kind of kicked that today he had a hell of a start today but anyway um an interesting matchup there, and I think that Red Sox kept it closer than Kyle would have liked, and it's still encouraging for him. Yeah, definitely. Well, there you go. That is the matchup breakdowns for week four. Uh, let's real quick, let's take a look at, I think we may have already discussed it, but I want to see how these two guys are doing this week. Um, as of right now, Yankees is up 7-2 on Astros, and in the Red Sox-Tigers collision, Tigers is up 8-3 at the moment. So, Still lots of baseball, as you as you said. I like that turn of phrase. There's still lots of baseball to be played. So, anyway, Tyler, in our last uh, in our last uh, bit of talking for the night, we've got a segment that was actually suggested by two managers who, incidentally, uh, we just talked about. Kyle suggested, as well as Alex Anderson, independent of one another, both suggested the same idea for what we're calling rankings versus reality. And in that segment, we're going to be looking at the players and teams who lead the league in all of our various stats, as well as looking at how teams would be ranked in the standings if total production counted. And that's like looking at it, I guess, from a, a rotisserie perspective, like where we'd be sitting at if this was Roto. But yeah, it's not. I mean, we're head-to-head cats, so it's not the same. And granted, you know, that's kind of the 
puts a little bit more of the real baseball edge to it, in my personal opinion, you know, because some weeks you may be hot, but another guy's was hotter. Yeah. That's the way the cookie crumbles. But I do think that looking at what a team is doing in context of what everybody else is doing accumulation-wise may put a little bit of a spring in some people's step and may cause a little bit of concern for some other teams. Uh, and like Tyler said, we've got a lot of good to say about a lot of teams, and I think that people may be surprised to hear it. Uh, anyway, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to kick it to Tyler's favorite part of the show, his favorite part of this weekly podcast. We're going to do that real quick. Tyler, why don't you tell us all about it? We're going to get to hear from my boy, Pastor Drew. Absolutely. Pastor Drew, he, uh, he anchors our staff, some may say. He's going to tell us about Anchor. He is bringing the Anchor is anchoring the podcast that we host on Anchor, and he's going to tell you all about Ooh. said Anchor. Can I, can I ask him a question? Pa- yeah, what you got for Pastor I just I would just ask Pastor Drew to please bless us with your spirit. Indubitably. I love when you say that. Let me say it one more time. Please, Pastor, bless us with your spirit. That he blessed us today. <laughs> I, I, okay, behind the scenes chat here, guys. Every time Tyler says that, I literally crack up and text him. And I was like, dude, I, I love bless us with your spirit. Like, that's my favorite. Like, I, it's funny because that's Tyler's favorite part of the podcast is the, the anchor plug. My favorite part of the podcast is listening to him say that every time. It cracks me up every time. Oh, man. This is too much fun. So, yeah, we're, we're thinking about getting T-shirts made. So, if anyone wants one, please, please send us <laughs> send us a voice message. Yeah, whether or not you want to bless us with your spirit. Bless us with an offering. Yeah. Oh, God, I'd love that. Okay. So, rankings versus reality. We told you what we were doing just a minute ago. So, I compiled these stats uh, yesterday morning, May 3rd, 2021, at 10 a.m. So, these are probably skewed just a little bit, but you know what? That's fine. It's The point remains the same, so all good. So, what we've done here, Tyler, is in the format, you say that we've got a team lead and a stat as well as a player lead for the stat. Uh, why, don't, why don't I give the team lead and you talk the player lead for all of us? Okay. Sounds okay. good. So, Uh, We have six offensive categories, six pitching categories in the Real Shit League. The offensive categories are runs, home runs, RBIs, stolen bases, average, and OPS. Pitching categories are wins, saves, strikeouts, ERA, whip, and quality starts. So, let's go ahead and start. Four weeks of three, four weeks of play. The Athletics have the team lead in runs with 170 all together. And I'm going to pull up my calculator real quickly. And we're going to do some math-a-roo as we're doing this. So 170 divided by four puts him at an average of 42 and a half runs a week. Very impressive for Mr. Athletics. That is impressive. Um, so players who lead uh, their respective leagues in runs scored would be Mr. Ronald Acuna Jr. and Mark Kana of the Giants, um, the real shit Giants. Uh, they both have scored 26 runs so far this season, which is a huge number for one month. Absolutely. Absolutely. And those guys each are looking at about six and a half runs per week for their teams. So that's dynamite. Gosh, that's huge. All right, moving on to home runs. We have a you know familiar face here. It's the Rays. Tyler's number one in the real shit league. Uh, 
Tampa Bay Rays, they've got 52 home runs over the year thus far. And Tyler, that that's good for 13 homers per week, my man. Hey, uh, I'm not complaining. I bet you're not. <laughs> um, so, um, as of May 3rd at 10 a.m., Ronald Acuna Jr., J.D. Martinez, Nick Castellanos, and Chris Bryant all had hit nine home runs. I do know that tonight Acuna hit another one, so he is now leading baseball in that category with 10. Mm, okay. Uh, it's our, you know, it's certainly not going to go without being mentioned here. You have the team lead for 52. Two of your guys have nine apiece. I mean, that's got to have got to have a big part to do with it. I mean, you oh, got yeah. J.D. and Bryant each with just a, a big chunk of homers. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Otani has eight. I think you're right. So, I believe you're right. Yeah. My boys, my boys mashing. That's cool. <laughs> they sure are. They sure are. Moving on to the RBIs, uh, Blue Jays has got the season lead. Uh, he's got 165 RBIs over the uh, over the four weeks. That breaks down to 41.25 per week. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, another impressive number. Um, league leader, of course, is JD Martinez. So, friend, friend of uh, <laughs> my team. Indeed, he is. <laughs> Indeed, he is. I was going to say friend of the podcast, and I was like, wait a second. He's never God, been on this podcast. I wish. Um, dude, that's what we need to do is we need to just get a major leaguer to come on here and be like, I, yeah, I'm not in this league. And I was like, no, nah, well, but you're in an A-league. What is that uh, What is that app called where you can uh, like cameo. pay? <laughs> cameo. Yeah, we should get, them, get somebody to cameo into the podcast. Okay, here, okay, here's the next goal. I need everybody to send in voice memos for who is – what baseball people are on Cameo. That we need to have like record, oh yes, a plug or that would be fun. or like a lead in for us, and then every week we can throw it to Pass Drew, we can throw it to this person, we can have voice. Yeah, that's what we need to do. Oh wow, that's a great idea. Yes, please, someone, please send us some good ideas. Okay, uh, stolen bases. Looking at Tigers for the team lead, and he has got 33 on the season, and that breaks down to eight, roughly eight a week. Just killer, killer number. Uh, we do have some some interesting notes on that that we'll get to in just a minute, though. Uh, anyhow, oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, you're fine. Just listening to Drew's uh, beautiful voice. Um, so, uh, league leaders, Whit-, Whit Merrifield of the Mariners and Ramon Lariano of the Cubs each have eight stolen bases this season. That is nasty, man. That's just so sickening. Yes. And those guys lead the league with eight stolen bases. Matt is averaging eight per week as a team. That's just – Yeah. Just dynamite. Just dynamite. All right. Looking at the average, uh, the Phillies, the managerless Phillies are in the lead with a 269 average uh, over the four weeks of play. Yeah, and uh, not surprising, uh, the MLB leader in average is Mike Trout with a 413 average, no biggie. Mm -hmm. And I will just go ahead and say that he is also leading the league in OPS at 1290. Yes, indubitably. Again, Phillies is the leader in OPS as well with an 821. Um, Gosh. Now, granted, I did compile these numbers, so, like, it it would make sense that I could remember a runner-up, but 
I will say that the closest average runner-up was Yermon Mercedes, and then the closest OPS runners-up were Byron Buxton and Yermon Mercedes. So again, kind of like you were with home runs earlier, it makes sense that I'm leading with average. I'm sorry, the yeah. Phillies are leading with average and OPS when you've got these two guys kind of anchoring the whole thing. Exactly. So let's move on to the back six, the pitching. Uh, the wins leader for the teams uh, thus far is Yankees, and he has got 29 wins. Shakes out to roughly about seven a week. Man, that's nasty. It is nasty. That's really, really gross. That's a win a day, essentially. Yeah. Um, speaking of nasty, Jack Flaherty leads baseball with five dubs. Yucky. Five of them. <laughs> Indeed he does. He's also, I think I heard a stat the other day, he's getting the third best run support in baseball. I oh, believe that's right. Okay. Yeah, so that, that helps. So he's like the anti-DeGrom. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. DeGrom would have had 300 wins by now if he had gotten on support. <laughs> You're right. He would have. <laughs> God bless. That's pathetic. Anyway. Okay. Uh, saves. We're looking at the league leader, and that's Tigers. He's got 19 saves thus far on the year. Uh, shakes out to roughly five a week, uh, 4.75 to be exact. And Mark Melanson is leading baseball in that category with nine saves for Mr. Paul. Uh, just as I mean, just as you drew it up, man. I mean, everybody in the preseason was like, you know, Mark Melanson going to come out and lead baseball and save. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I said that before. Uh, you know, I think that's where I heard it first was from you. So, congrats yeah. on that. Yeah, like five years ago. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> something like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh speaking of surprises, time. this next one is a surprise. Oh, God. I'm, I'm shocked out of my pants. Uh, the Cardinals lead the league with 411 strikeouts. That literally translates to 102 plus per week. Uh, and not surprising, Shane Bieber leads all of baseball with 68 strikeouts. One win away, a uh, one strikeout away from being a really nice number. Super fucking nice. Moving on to the ERA, we've got uh, your Rays, man, with a 289 ERA. Very nice. And uh, Mr. Jacob DeGrom is leading baseball in that category with a 0.51 ERA. That's take, just, take a bow. Dude. That's dumb. It, yeah. Imagine being that good at your job. I, I mean, I, I like to think I'm pretty good at my job for the most part. Yeah, but, but what, what kind of ERA equivalent are you at your job? Like, are you sub three? I, I'd say that on a good day, I'm probably about a two. On an average day, I'm probably about a three and a quarter, three and a half. Oh, okay. So you're you're definitely a pretty good, pretty good worker then. I try. I try. What, yeah. what the hell? What about you? What about you in the farm? The farm D stats. Where are you at on ERA? What's your job? Uh, man, I think ERA probably. I'm running like a. Uh, I guess I'd say like a three two five something like that. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, Very good. And trending up, trending up. I love that. Well, yeah. you're still you're still young. You're still young. You're getting my, right, so. my pharmacy savant page is impressive. I be, I believe that shit. That you know, if you haven't seen it, you got to go check out Big Jack Daddy's pharmacy savant page. That is bloody red. He is <laughs> trending upwards in all of your pharmacist drafts next year. You're going to be targeting this guy. He is a deep sleeper. Yep, sleeper D right there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Uh, Whip. Oh, we got way off track there. <laughs> Whip. Uh, <laughs> Athletics is leading with a 1.06 whip on the year. Nasty stuff. Yes. Um, and speaking of nasty, Corbin Burns has a whip of 0.55, which means that he, if he's pitched, I don't know, 30 innings so far, yeah, yeah. that means his whip, his walks plus hits is right around 16. That's so That's, stupid. That is so stupid. So stupid. Dude. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I, I, my head's going to explode thinking about it. Yeah. Quality starts on the year, again, goes to Cardinals. He's got 34 of them. That's about eight and a half per week. Just, oh, know, gone. Well. You know, just, just typical easy shit for Cardinals. And, and in another surprise, Shane Bieber is leading baseball with quality starts at six. There you have it. Of course. Of course he is. Of course. So, uh, like I mentioned, for the second part of this here, we're going to compare uh, overall stat compilation, and then uh, I averaged those ranks oh, to yeah. come out uh, to compare something to the Yahoo standing ranks uh, in the second part of ranking versus reality. I guess the, the more aptly the part that makes it make sense to be called rankings versus reality. But we're going to go ahead and talk about it. Tyler, have you got that spreadsheet? Yeah, there you are. Yeah. It says here that you are anonymous pumpkin. I like that. All right, Ken. You sure are. You're my pumpkin. Hey, watch mm-hmm. out now. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, so we referenced that Paul was the league leader in runs at, uh, and again, this is all based on yesterday, uh, yesterday morning, 5 3 21 at 10 a.m., with 170 runs. Uh, his record in that stat is three wins and one loss. The only team to have a better record in uh, runs is you. You have won every week in runs. Hell yeah. So interesting. The low man on the pole there is Marlins with 99 runs. Hmm. Interesting. The only team under a hundred at that point was, was Marlins. So yeah. Curious, curious that curious. Moving on to the home runs, uh, you had the lead league with 52 uh, home runs, and you have gone undefeated in that category as well, my friend. Four wins, zero losses. The only other team that has uh, matched your uh, your effortless domination of the home run category is Johnny Blue Jays, and Darth Vader has got one less home run than you, and the uh, just as just as sparkling, a perfect record, four and mm-hmm. zero. Drew, I, I'm pretty sure that I don't think I won home runs last week, did I? Hang on. I did not. Really? Yes, uh, Matt actually beat me. He he had 13 home runs and I had 11. So you are three wins, one loss. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for catching that. As, as much as I hate to admit that. Yes. Well, no, I think that as we continue on here, it'll be less and less of a thing because we're going to – yeah, we'll get to it. Anyway, uh, well, then that's all all the same because John's J's are perfect thus far, 4-0, and he is second place overall with the home runs. Again, Marlins bringing up the rear there with 22 home runs. Um just kind of just behind him, Padres with 24 home runs. Uh, Alex Cardinals off to a slow start. Tommy's Rockies off to a slow start from the power side of the, of the ball. Looks like the Cardinals are trending up, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Absolutely, they are, I would say. 
Absolutely. Moving on, though, to the RBIs portion of this, uh, we have the league leader of Blue Jays with 165 RBIs. That's a ridiculous total. He is sitting at three wins, one loss on that category. Uh, however, there are two teams that have gone perfect in RBIs, and that is Braves with four wins, zero losses, and yourself, four wins, zero losses. Wow. Okay, I'm not that surprised that I have gone undefeated because I'm only six RBIs behind Blue Jays. But uh, Freddie and the Braves being 4-0, um, I, think, I think maybe Luck's got a little bit to do with it. Down, down 32 uh, RBIs to John, down 26 to you, but still 4-0. And I think that's kind of another interesting thing there is that, like, is that is that a couple like two good weeks and two slow weeks? Is it one amazing week and three mediocre weeks? I mean, what, you never know what that turns into. Right. But in those weeks, regardless of if it's average, mediocre, or even poor, his run RBIs were still higher than his opponents, and so he's sitting at four and zero. Like you said, though, maybe that is a little bit of you know maybe we're looking at some some babbit if you're if you want to call it that. Yeah, that's right. Uh, from the fantasy perspective. So, anyway, let's move on to this. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't give you the low man on RBIs. It is Marlins. Uh, 71 Shocker. RBIs and then Padres just behind him, 92. So, let's move on, though, to stolen bases. Tigers, like we referenced, is the high man there uh, with 33 stolen bases. This is very interesting, though. He has the most stolen bases, but in terms of record. Two wins, two losses for him on steals. Mm. How surreal is that? Yeah, he didn't have a lot of stolen bases last week. Yeah, it's very odd. The only team to have a better record uh, is Mariners, who has a three-win, zero-loss, one-tie record in the stolen base category. Uh, He is also the number two guy in steals, so I guess that is pretty logical in some regard. Anyhow... Uh, let's see. Moving on to oh, uh, the low man. <laughs> the low man there is the manager of Los Phillies, who have seven a big seven steals on the year, baby. <laughs> what you know about that? Running and gunning fields. You damn right they are. They are always running, <laughs> running, running from the, the fucking ladies. Anyway, but hey, good news <laughs> for the next couple stats. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Phillies. In terms of average, they lead the pack with a 269 average. Uh, however, a three-win, one-loss record there. The only team with a better record there is Cubs with four wins, zero losses. I think that's, interesting. that and the next stat are so interesting because Cubs wow. are trending towards the top of the NL um, despite being ninth best overall in the average category has lost no, uh, no weeks. I think that's really interesting. Wow. Yeah, that is interesting. And then uh, the low man blue Jays an average with a two twenty seven average. It's really kind of a callback to some teams. I remember of John's in uh, the steroids league. Um, Jose's bombers was his team name because he had Bautista, you know And I mean? Mm. Just, you know, he Bautista definitely had good averages, but, I mean, he was a very power-heavy player. It seems like John had a bunch of those for a long period of time. So, yeah, this is this is kind of a classic John team there because the power is very big. The average is shaky. But big. It, it pays off, man. It pays off. Big power, boy. 
big pattern bays. Uh, the Ops. Phillies again in the lead with an 821. Uh, however, two and two. Two wins, two losses in the OPS category. Cubs again. Four wins, zero losses. This time, though, Cubs is in fifth place uh, in that category. The low man, Marlins with a 669 OPS. Nice uh, there. So, how about Red Sox being second there? Hell yeah, man. 778. Uh, yeah. A very impressive mark for the Jandy man. Uh, high, highly impressive. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Moving along to wins, uh, Kyle's Yankees were the top mark there. That he has 29 wins. However, again, three wins, one loss in the category. That's so surreal. Uh, however, uh, two teams have a perfect 4-0 and record in wins, and that is Tyler. Drum roll. It is your favorite co-host of the Real Shit Podcast. It's me and Tyler, baby. Raising Phillies, 4-0. and uh, Very, very odd. Um, let's see. So Now, you do have the most wins in the National League. That that for sure. Um, looking at it here, it's uh, Kyle, then yourself, then Mariners, and then myself and Red Sox tied for fourth. So, yeah, that's really odd. Kyle lost a week of wins, and yet it must have been to you, I presume. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, yeah since you're four and zero, so that's interesting. Let's see, saves. In the saves, cat Tigers has the lead with 19 saves. Now this is really going to blow. This is crazy. This is absolute insanity, Tyler. Despite having the most saves in the league on the air, Matt Matt sits with a record of no wins, one loss, and three ties for saves. Jeez. And I think that kind of makes trading Hector Norris make a little more sense. I mean, Matt, if he's got all these saves, but it's not helping him, why bother? Right. Exactly. I think that's really admirable to be so forward thinking and um, perceptive of the deeper underlying numbers for Matt. So major props to him. Uh, there are only four, three other teams in uh, real shit with a worse mark, a worse record than the league leading Tigers. And those include Alex Rhodes' Cardinals, who have got one save on the air. Uh, he has got a better record in back, two losses and two ties. Jeez. Uh, and then your Rays and John Mitz, forgive me, Hiccup, uh, you and John have three losses and one tie. Uh, well, I guess the, no, those marks are all worse than Tigers, technically, based on the way ties work. But either way, um, that's just so surreal to me. But I'm ranked fourth. Uh, you are. And my one tie was with Tigers. <laughs> That's so, so insane. Yeah, it's weird. See, again, it's just you can never tell. Week to week, it's 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 insane. And that's, again, why we reference things like trap games. And, like, you know, this is a team that can catch you off guard and sneak up and cut your throat. Yep. Anyway. Moving on to K's, to the strikeouts perspective. Uh, the leader is Cardinals with 411. He has a perfect 4-0 record in the strikeouts category. However, he is not alone. Three AL teams are also sitting with a perfect record. The Rays, the Mariners, and the Athletics, who, uh, just for convenience sake, that fills out your top four in strikeouts. Most four times. Okay. 
And well, that that um, makes sense. That does make sense. That's about the only one that's made complete sense thus far. Uh, the low man there is Padres with 239 strikeouts. So, ERA, we are looking at the league leader. That's you, buddy, uh, with a 289. You are in first place with a perfect record in that category, 4-0. and uh, Other teams with a 4-0 and are Cardinals, Go Figure, and Mariners. Uh, those are number two and three in the league. So, again, the top three teams in ERA, undefeated. The low man in terms of ERA are those dastardly managerless Phillies with a 4.90 ERA on the year. Ugh. But have you, those guys. have you won the ERA stat yet? Do you know? Uh, let me look. Tell me, tell me you're like three and one or something. <laughs> I better not be. I'd be so pissed. <laughs> let me look. ERA, I'm sitting at one and three. <laughs> one and three. Yeah, hey, much more sense. Yeah, you won. No, never mind. That was that was wrong. Wait. Let me see. It would have been uh, uh, Tommy, maybe. Because let's see, I lost lost it to Freddie, lost it to Rodello. Uh, hmm. Oh well, that's all good. Yeah, it was against yeah four oh three that week. <laughs> wow, I was almost really almost a full run lower. Hey man, we do what we can. Do what we can. Working working harder, make it better, faster, stronger. Daft Punk. All right, Whip. League leader is Athletics with a one point oh six mark. His record sits at three wins, one loss. However. There are two teams with a better record than him. The number three in the stat Cardinals, perfect. And the number four in the stat Rays, perfect. 4-0 and for both of you guys. Uh, Mariners sits number two in the category. I wonder what his record is. I'm going to look at that. Mariners is sitting at three and one as well. So, very interesting there. Mm. Finally, quality starts. Uh, and in the quality starts per- portion, the stat there, Cardinals has got the lead with 34 quality starts. He is, of course, undefeated in that regard. The next most quality starts is 25 for Mariners, who is also undefeated 4-0. and oh. The last place team in quality starts, Tigers, with only seven for the year. That's so, so crazy mm. to me. Those injuries, though. Hey, yeah, they stack up real quick, and they'll bite you in the ass. So mm. – as I referenced earlier, what I did here, guys, was I copied all this data into a spreadsheet and then ranked by each category. I then took the average of those ranks to come up with a a, uh, a total, I guess you'd call it a, a certain rank of, you know, how those stats, pers- you know, how you average them all together. Yeah. So. Uh, interesting here. Really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um I guess what we could do is we could we could give the current Yahoo standings, mm-hmm. and well, how, what's what's the best way to to reveal this data? Um, why don't uh, why don't you go down and explain the like your average and then your rank from this, and then I will right behind you tell you the Yahoo rank of that team. Okay. So do you want to go down – do you want to go by Yahoo rank or do you want to go down, go by 
this rank? What the order? Let's go. Okay, this is what we should do. Let's let's just reveal the rank as how this goes. Then we can talk about some of the big shocks because oh, okay, like when you look at um, like Rockies right now, Yahoo ranked number fifteen. The stats would say that he should probably be sixteenth overall. Okay, no based surprise on, there. Based on accumulation, so based on one, both of those, yeah. So it's just one spot down. Not really a ton of surprise there. Right. Um, Marlins the same way. Yahoo ranked 13 right now. Should probably be about 14th based on this. Not a lot of surprise. Um, there's other teams like Blue Jays, Astros, kind of right around, you know, their Yahoo ranked 9 and 10 respectively. Should probably be about 8 and 9. Uh, your team, uh, ranked first, should be first. I mean, like, there, some of these are very little surprise, but what we can do is uh, we can talk about some of the ones that are jumping either really high or really low. And then we can also see, like, uh, certain teams, like those ones that jump, what exactly may be keeping them from – like what stats are you missing out on that's keeping you from excelling and rising up like the rest of your stats say you should. Yeah. Um, before we reveal this, I will say that – um, seven, no, six of the top seven teams in Drew's rankings here are in the AL. Yes. <laughs> Man, this makes me look like an asshole because the only one that is my own team. Golly. And, and again, guys, I, this is not this is not a biased thing. This is none of my personal no, this, opinion this has this gone into this. The numbers. It's strictly statistical. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, we'll just go straight down. Then. Number one, according to the statistics, so I guess we'll call this stat rank. Number one, according to the statistics, is going to be the Rays. Number two, the Mariners. Number three, Athletics. Number four, Tigers. Number five, Phillies. Number six, Yankees. Number seven, Cardinals. Number eight, Blue Jays. Nine, Astros. Ten, Cubs. Eleven, Red Sox. Twelve, Braves. Thirteen, Giants. Fourteen, Marlins. Fifteen, Padres. Sixteen, Rockies. So, you might have noticed that the biggest jump for any team is Tigers, who is Yahoo ranked 16 currently. Based on the stats, should be closer to fourth overall. Wow. That is absurd. Yeah, it is. The The next biggest jump is, I mean, nothing to sneeze at. The number 12 ranked Yankees should be closer to sixth. I mean, that's yep. six spots. That's a difference in playoffs and not. And then, interestingly enough, the only other team that would have actually risen in these ranks was Red Sox. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 14 in Yahoo and would have been 11th in this rank. So, mm-hmm. very, there's a, very there's curious. a couple more that had three. Who was that? Athletics. Athletics and Phillies. Okay. So, I mean, like, yeah. a couple of teams would have had, like, significant rises. I mean, rises of, like, more than a few spots up or down, we should say. Mm-hmm. Um the big fallers, on the other hand, uh, down eight spots from five to about 13 is Clay's Giants. Um, I'm really curious to look here in just a minute, man, at what exactly are the stats that's keeping him down, or maybe rather what he's had, you know, fortunate draws with. So, mm-hmm. curious there. Another one is the Cubs, another NL leader. Uh, Yahoo ranked four, looking closer to about 10 right here. Um, However, I'll tell you something else, Tyler, that we should be thinking about. 
is the uh, I've got it called Z rank on here, and that's the average of all of the ranks. Your team is pretty far and ahead uh, of everybody else, but like the difference, so to say, between um, like Kyle's Yankees to the Cubs is all within one point of rank. Mm-hmm. So theoretically speaking, like you know, tenths of tenths of whole numbers are what separates them. But even still, uh, that it, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Other big fallers: the Braves from uh, five or seven. Sorry, excuse me. From seven to twelve, that's five spots, and then Cardinals from two to seven, five spots as well. Uh, so what we should do is let's look at Tigers because that's that's one of our big ones coming from sixteen to four. Uh, let's see. Right offhand, quality starts is one that I noticed, Tyler. That mm-hmm. you know, being at the bottom of the barrel in quality starts, despite you know, leading in saves despite having, you know, not super competitive, but decent win totals, the sixth best K totals, seventh and ninth best ERA and whip totals, respectively. I mean, that's a competitive pitching staff that I think you've referenced it several times, just been kind of snake bitten. Yeah. And looking at every stat, um, <laughs> the lowest offensive category that Tigers is ranked is fifth, and that would be in home runs. Whereas in pitching, it's a different story. Um, I mean, of course, we we mentioned that he leads the league in saves, but the next highest category is he is sixth in strikeouts. So, I mean, is it bad luck? Is it because of the injuries, or you know, does he does he have some trades, some more trades to make? We know he traded for a couple of pitchers today, so that should help. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Maybe he's been looking into this. Maybe he has a similar spreadsheet set up, man. Yeah, Never that's know. true. So you just referenced the home runs for Matt. He's got the fifth highest home run total. That's only six home runs less than you in the league. That's right. But that's really, really, really positive for Matt. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about one of the negative teams. Who fell the most? That is Giants. So looking at it here – wins is certainly one and I mean that's something that Clay has been trying to address you know we've talked about it ad nauseum tonight how his pitching woes are just eating him alive Mm -hmm. Uh, looking offensively he's been it's been heavy average and heavy runs have kept him kind of in the offensive mix Uh, really really subpar RBI numbers right now uh, home runs, stolen bases and OPS are all on the lower end of average uh, looking at the pitching side of this, otherwise, uh, quality starts. He's had a lot of quality starts. K's are looking good. And then again, the ratios are just, I mean, I'm one to talk, but the ratios are just not outstanding there. So perhaps that's, you know, again, part of it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the quality starts doesn't surprise me because he's got, you know, Bauer and Darvish, who just about every time out, you expect them to go six innings. Yeah, and I mean, you you call them the twin dragons or the twin towers. I forget what you call them. Some yeah, um, yeah. And they are. They you know you can count on those two guys to essentially be uh, rock solid every week. So mm-hmm. yeah, but then I guess what's more the pitching depth that is hurting him. Yeah, yeah, that's because you can't just rely on two guys to you know uh, win you every pitching category every week. 
Oh, you're you're absolutely right there for sure, without a doubt. Uh, let's look at the Yankees now. That was one who shot up six rankings. He'd be number six based on overall production. Um, uh, and so I, his pitching staff is like um, very good. Yeah, yeah, very very good. Leading in wins, second place in saves, fifth place ERA, sixth place quality starts, and then eighth and ninth, which is league average in whip and strikeouts in in those uh, respectively. I mean, Kyle could make a strength of strength here and add some more strikeouts and just pray for better results for some of these guys. Like, you know, a little less – like, I mean, Alec Colomay is a perfect example of, like, ratios that get kind of boned because, you know, of where you're at, how mm. things are going. And then, I mean, we talked just a minute ago about how offensively Kyle's team has been such a slow starter, and it's reflected, man. It's, it's absolutely reflected, like, average, OPS, both 14th uh, – Runs 12th, steals 10th, RBIs 11th, and home runs 6th. And I mean, home runs, you can tell obviously like Vladdy, Stanton, you know, Arenado, he's got boppers. But, you know, Tatis missing time and then coming back and just that weekend where he really set the world on fire again. Like you can tell that shot him up the home run ranks. Right. But so, it just, it, it looks to me like if. <laughs> If Kyle's just kind of patient with his offense and they really come around, then I don't. I mean, yeah, it's it's all uh, it's all um, cosmetic. It's all gonna, that, yeah, he can he can do what he you know without it, so long as he treads the landmine carefully and doesn't give away a crucial cog, he can you know continue to build this team towards the playoffs. It looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think, granted, this is literally just a month worth of talking, but you know, this is statistics nonetheless. So, yeah, like we said, we're just coming off a trade of Palooza, so this could influence somebody. Sure could. Let's talk about another. Let's talk about another negative team, and then me and you can each focus on one more team of choice. Um, let's see who else fell. Minus let's six. About, let's talk about Cubs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's see. Cubs. Looking at it right now, we referenced his starting pitcher woes, and he went out over the last couple of days and got Tyler Anderson, Tony Disco. Um, did he get a Jake Junis? Uh, and then long-term yeah. best of May. I mean, he won't help him this year. But, um, yeah, Rodello is in the bottom half of every pitching category. 13th, uh, 14th in quality starts. 13th in both Ks on wins. Uh, 12th in ERA. Just, just really, really poor. Now, <laughs> The other side of that coin is that he's been above average in stolen bases with the third highest total, above average in home runs with the fourth highest total, OPS the fifth highest total, and then about league average in runs, RBIs, and average. Uh, you know, I think that Rodello pretty well tackled what he needed to do. He added Real Muto, who you can trust to be steady, uh, counting stack contributor as well as not a bad offense uh, ratios guy. Yeah. So that's interesting. Rodello could have jumped the gun here and preempt. I mean, again, it could be something like Tigers where he knew or was researching this exact thing and saw where he was slacking. That's right. So we'll see what happens. All right, Tyler, pick a team. Who do you want to talk about? Oh, let's see. Um, I think that I want to talk about Cardinals. Sure. Okay. Um, he has dropped 
five spots um, when we talk about just purely stats from two to seven. Um, now, we all know his pitching, so I'm not even going to look at that. I'm going to look at his offense. Um, 14th in runs scored, 14th in home runs, 12th in RBIs, 10th in stolen bases, 8th in average, and 12th in OPS. So, um, you know, is this, a, is this another Yankees where we think that his offense is going to come around? Just really slow start? Or does he need to make a move or two? Um, I think that Cardinals has some bats that, that have definitely started slow. Um, I don't know if he's got, like, sure things to come back like Kyle does. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying, and I think I agree with you. <clears throat> so, I don't know. I think I think Cardinals may be, like, a good offensive trade away from really amping it up on the offensive side. And, I mean, he's got so much pitching depth that, you know, I mean, if he doesn't want to trade it and hoard him for himself, then that's fine because – I mean, his really? pitching is going to win him, you know, matchups every week. Would so, it surprise you if I said that he and I have discussed an offensive trade for him? Oh, no, that wouldn't be surprising me at all. It's like a yard, like perfect trade partners. <laughs> I think so, too. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on, though. I think so who's, right. your, who's your team? I want to talk about Braves. I want to talk about the champion and see what's going on because he too fell falls five spots from seven to twelve here, um, in the, at least in terms of these uh, statistical ranks, roto ranks, whatever you want to call it. Uh, now Freddie's strikeout numbers fifth best mark in the league, but again below average, poor on the ERA. And again, I'm one to talk. Poor ERA, poor whip, poor quality starts, and then you know the low end of league average on wins and saves here. Uh, looking offense, I mean, so pitching, I think Freddie, let me just pull up his team real quick. Okay, so Freddie's team on the season, I'm going to just look at some guys real quick and see who's underperforming. I mean, Smiley last year did really great. I'd say he's underperforming. Urias has looked good. Lucchese has been uh, underperforming is probably safe to say. Uh, Will Smith, Taylor Rogers both looked pretty good. Chris Rodriguez has looked great. Sean Doolittle's looked good. Luis Garcia's looked good. Brent Suter's looked good. Yeah, but then we get to like Luis Castillo, who I think is a notable slow starter. Like he's kind of notorious for being a slow starter. But yet, I mean, Freddie could certainly use it. Griffin Canning's been hot of the moment, but not super great altogether. Um, Boyd has been really good. Chase Anderson's kind of gotten off to a rough start. Luke Weaver has been Luke Weaver, I would say. Paddock's been off to a slow start. Marco's been to a slow start. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. So I think looking at, I mean, granted, we're suggesting trades for Freddie that may as well be suggesting that your floor responds in conversation. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, Freddie could look into to finding a pitcher if he could manage. Uh, but let's look at his offense and see what there is to be seen there. Um, right offhand, some pretty glaring ones are average and OPS, as well as a you know lesser end of league average and RBIs. Looking at steals, homers, and runs, Freddie is right about average or a little better in those. So maybe a more consistent hitter just to bring up that average. 
maybe some more RBIs. But it's ironic because Freddie's 4-0 at RBIs. Right. Man, this is crazy. Love looking into these deep stats because you're always going to find something to kind of tickle you. So, uh, looking at Freddie's batters, let me see here. Okay, this is going to be an interesting statistic. I want to look at something before I look at that. Uh, let's see. Freddie altogether has RBI total of 133. Okay. Tyler, how many batters play every day? Oh, is it uh, short? Out, out, out. Like, uh, 12 or something? 10. So we have 10 batters start. Oh, 10. 10 batters start. Okay. Times. Oh, God. How should I do that? I don't know what I'm going for here. Uh, I, I had an idea to figure out like who's doing well with the RBIs. Uh, okay, let's say 13. I think that's what I was going for there. Okay, so guys who are overperforming or performing at average in RBIs, you're looking at Alonzo, Lowry, Acuna, Rosario, J-Ram, and Sal Perez. That's all. So, I mean – on the cusp, you see Moreland, Frazier, Gallo, and Rendon. Hmm. I think, and I mean, granted, we just talked a minute ago about how Acuna could pop off and have a good week and kind of carry the team in terms of a lot of offensive categories. But having having another big bat, and I think, you know, like, uh, like Mondesi is hurt. He'll certainly help him in stolen bases, but, I mean, he's not really a power bat by any stretch of the imagination. Right. So I think Freddie could, like, Freddie could hope and pray for a Jock Peterson revival. Freddie could hope for more extended playing time for Mitch Moreland. Kevin Newman finds a new gear or look for a trade. And I just, you know, I think that offensive pieces are certainly out there to be found. Uh, for for Freddie, if should he choose to make that call, we'll see. We will see. Money's so, on. Money's on that he doesn't. <laughs> he he's he's not a trader, man. He's not a trader. Nope. So he's not. If you are interested in seeing the spreadsheet, please by all means drop me a note. I will invite you, and you can take a look at the uh, the list that we have here. And uh, by all means, I think you'll enjoy it. So. Uh, Tyler, is there anything else you want to talk about uh, on the rankings versus reality portion of it? I just want to say a big thank you to you for putting all that together. Oh, man, thanks. Good. Don't, don't thank me. It's for everybody at home, and it was fun to listen to and kind of compare. And, guys, that's something you should do. You know, if you're in a head-to-head categories league, look at it from the Roto perspective and just see, you know, like, okay, this is where I need help. And, like, I like – I'm, yeah, you may be four and O Freddie and RBIs, but you know, shoot, maybe you could be more comfortably four and O if you had another couple RBI guys. Or um, who was it a minute ago we were speaking about? Like Tigers saves. Like it, it's so it's it's very very forward thinking to say, okay, well if I have the most saves but I'm winning none, why do I bother? I should take this asset and turn it into something that I need. And that's the type of forward thinking trade that can capitalize. And Matt's the exact team to do it. I mean, we had him jumping damn 12 spots based on the statistics alone. So we'll see what happens. We may have Trade of Palooza Part 2 to discuss next week, my man. We might. Very well could. Well, dude, 
it's twelve oh four. We are we are way early, and my body is thanking me. <laughs> I think it's time for bed. I think it's time for bed indeed. So Tyler, tell all the fine folks at home where they can find you in between recordings, should they be so inclined. You can find me on Twitter at peppajackson.com. I mean dot com. Peppajackson nineteen. <laughs> I don't have my own website, sorry. Um let's see. Instagram at Peppa Jacks Cards, Facebook, look me up, my regular name, Tyler Jackson, really boring. And that's it. There you have it. What uh, about you, Drew? Should anyone be so inclined, you may find me on Twitter at Drew is okay. If you would like to see somebody that does not very often update an Instagram feed, you may follow me there at RememberThisDrew. Should you need me via email, my address is RememberThisDrew at Yahoo.com. And, of course, we'd love to see any kind of reviews on Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts. Please give us a five-star review so that the algorithms will put us in the hands of more deep league dynasty listeners and managers so that we can help to make not only our community of podcasters and uh, managers rather a better more intuitive more smart more happy and more successful dynasty listeners we can make the broader community the exact same thing uh please leave us a voice memo if you're enjoying the show or if you're a part of the real shit community we asked a ton of stuff for voice memos tell me if you want a uh, bless us with your spirit shirt tell me if we should look into cameos for people to tease in <laughs> the episodes or whatever uh, just let us know, man. We would love to hear it. And, uh, dude, if there's some good people on Cameo, drop us a line. Uh, send us a voice memo, and we can, uh, we'll start, we'll do a GoFundMe to have the podcast opened by, I don't know who, but you know what? I'm going to just real quickly do something. Real quickly. Tyler, while I'm looking for this, have you found any good cards this week? What's the best card you found on the baseball cards? Hmm. Um, I am actually about to make a trade for uh, Wander Auto. Really? Yeah. Um, it's not like his big uh, first Bowman Auto. It's uh, from another uh, product. But, hey, a Wander Auto is a Wander Auto in my book. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm – Hopefully getting that next week, and that'll be nice because I'm hoping he gets called up soon. What are you having to trade for that? It's uh, it's not like a high-end card. Um, so I am trading um, – oh, I think I'm actually just paying for that one outright. Oh, okay. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. So well, Congratulations, man. That's a that's a and, great for hey, you. Hey, happy MILB opening day to you, Drew. Hell yeah, it is, isn't it? That's so great, yeah. dude. Yeah. I'm so excited. We're gonna have to do. Uh, we're gonna have to do kids on the farm probably next week. Ooh, ooh I'm feeling that. Yes, because we are. We're both big prospect heads for sure. Long overdue. Oh, hell yeah, it is. So okay, I am looking at cameo right now for some athletes, and I don't. I'm, I'm gonna see if I can search like MLB because I I can only I can search like all athletes. Oh, hell yeah. Here we go. Oh, hell yeah. Here we go. Okay. Just reading a couple of names. Prince Fielder, uh, Bo Jackson, Shane Green, Fred McGriff, Pete Rose, Johnny Giovatella, <laughs> Sean Casey, Andre Dawson, Johnny Damon, Roberto Clemente Jr., Tony Gwynn Jr., Scott Pesednik, 
Kevin Pillar, Andrew Jones, Shane Bieber. We are all what? the time talking about Shane Bieber. Uh, let's see. Tony Kemp, Eric Gagne, game over. Kevin Newman, Mickey Morandini, Larry Boa, David Justice, Reggie Jackson, the D-Train, Dontrell Willis, JPR and Sebia. Uh, let's see. Todd Frazier. Dude, there's Royce Lewis. What? Uh, plenty of guys on here. We could get uh, some interesting stuff. Uh, Jose Canseco, baby. Oh, no. Hello? Jose Canseco? <laughs> Dude, Rajah Davis. There's a lot of good guys on Cameo. Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins. You have to pay $250 for a Jimmy Rollins Cameo. That's ridiculous. Uh, we'll get that for your birthday or something. Nah, no, 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 no. Y'all save your money. Do not do that. That's a silly, <laughs> spilly thing. Silly thing to spend money on. Well, we'll... Uh... We'll, we'll decide on somebody. We'll see what we can do. Yeah, you guys, you got, let us know if you hear any names or if you're browsing Cameo, who you would like to hear uh, bring in a podcast for us because we would love to have it. Anyway, uh, Tyler, I'll let you throw it out. Guys, uh, just on behalf of me, thank you so much for listening, for being a part of this league and for listening to this podcast. We'd love to hear your messages. Thank you so much for uh, for making this a fun thing that we do each and every week. Uh, we appreciate you so much, and Tyler's going to throw us off. Yeah, we appreciate everybody who reached out and uh, left us some voice messages this last week, so that's fun, a new aspect, and um, really would love to hear who y'all would want to hear on a cameo. That would be awesome. And, Drew, it's been another fun week, and I'm looking forward to next week. Absolutely. Me too, brother. And we will see y'all next week. Bye, everybody.